Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems episode 78, where we'll be covering Turrican. I'm one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time is... Aaron, hey guys, how's it going? Good to uh, be talking with Nick again. Yeah. Feels like it's been a while. It's been a little <laughs> while. This is the, I don't know, is this the first episode where we're officially part of the Bit Brothers Network? It's been announced. Yeah. yeah. And, and not to confuse people, but... Genesis Gems is still going to keep going. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's not dissolving. Don't worry. We we uh, joined uh, two dudes in a nest to basically start a new cooperative, kind of like a, like a mini network. Yeah. But uh, it, it was because Retro Junkies, uh, Robin Landon, great guys, but um, Rob decided it was time to dissolve that network. It was just kind of getting too big, too hard to manage. So Retro junkies going away but bit brothers is our new deal uh with our mortal enemies slash friends <laughs> over at two dudes in an s and it's been going pretty well so far what do you think yeah absolutely not i think our our uh, alliance here just proves everyone out there that uh, anything is possible if you put your mind to it hey even dudes you know, and gems. xbox and sony oh yeah that's true i just i mean it's it's the same story they just <laughs> teamed up it's like you know um mutual bet benefit for, for even if they're adversaries even if they're competitive they realize oh you know what there's a mutual benefit for us both to be on the same cloud platform yeah. I mean, uh, cloud uh, platform that's right so yeah it's, it's the same deal for us even though you know it's mostly Mike uh, Mike's kind of our mortal enemy Justin he's alright most cool. days but uh, yeah Justin's cool yeah <laughs> But yeah, guys, that's a that's a pretty big deal. So if you haven't already joined the network uh, group page, make sure you check it out. It's at facebook.com slash group slash bitbrothers. So go check that out. All of our other stuff is kind of going to be fading away, our Facebook group um, and some other things. So all of our interaction in the future after this episode will be part of that. So uh, if you guys want to leave... A moment of silence for our group page. Yes, yes. So if you guys want to ask... But we are archiving it. Yes. We are archiving it. Our, our, yes. our archiving it. That's our. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Talk like a pirate. Hey, Pirates. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to ask Aaron questions, you want to give us feedback on our episodes, uh, you know, rate games, gym, good or garbage, make sure to go over to the Bit Brothers page. We will be posting it all there. And all of the patrons out there, guys, we are shutting down our Patreon. Yeah, we're combining with the Bit Brothers, so you guys will be able to pay just one dollar and get all that content with the dudes in the gyms. So, and all the uh, folks out there who have not got all of their uh, perks from Genesis Gems, we will continue to honor that. So just keep keep contacting us. Uh, and guys, the the gifts are a little late for the past few months. We uh, I ordered a bunch of very cool personalized stuff from Etsy. It hasn't been made yet. They're still waiting on it. I think it back ordered or something. So be patient for that. And I know a few of you have contacted me about possibly doing some shows we'll get those scheduled so just keep uh keep at it we'll honor those and uh we hope you migrate over to the uh, bit brothers patreon page which i believe is patreon.com slash you remember what it is <laughs> that awful patreon yeah, patreon.com so i'm gonna type it, it in bros? slash bit let's look at it patreon.com slash nope but don't go to the patreon.com slash bit brothers for guys <laughs> go to patreon.com slash bit bros. There it is. Bit bros. B I T R O S. Yes. So we've got some very generous, uh, uh, patrons out there who are doing some great donating to us. We appreciate that. So guys, you will get a great, uh, offering of things. You're going to get our shows ad free. Uh, if you're listening to this in a normal feed, there is ads, 
So we have ad-free shows. You're going to get some real cool stuff where we do some cross-podcasting with the dudes. So you'll get some of that. We're going to talk about things that aren't Sega. It gives us a chance to kind of, you know, expand our horizons a little bit. So we... Definitely want you to check that out. So there's some great tiers here. I'm not going to go over them all. Uh, we we, we kind of tiered it by the bits. So you got like a one bit and a four bit. And that kind of equals how much money you're going to give each month. So uh, definitely appreciate that. So guys, keep doing that. Um, you know, big thanks to Dave from Nemo Gamo who did our logo for us. So if you remember uh, Nemo Gamo, they did the uh, basketball classes game there on this show. Uh, we reached out to them. They did some real cool pixel art of us. So that's a really cool logo. Um, just kind of excited about all this. That's a lot to, lot to kind of take in at first. We're, we're kind of feeling out some things, but we're going to be giving some great content. So just uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Cool. And of course, check us out on the website at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. That's not changing. Uh, if you'd like to send us an email, you can send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. And the new email, it is gems at bitbrosnetwork.com. So make sure you check that out. And uh, speaking of email, we've had three emails since the last time we recorded. I wanted to read some real cool ones here, too. Um, There was one I didn't quite get to in the last show because we, uh, the gentleman actually sent this like right after we recorded the last show. So I want to give a big uh, shout out to Matt Trulove. And uh, Matt says, hey, guys, I've been a fan for a few years and just wanted to say thank you for many hours of entertainment. I'm a Sega fanboy from way back. And now my seven-year-old daughter is, too. In her room, she has a CRT CRT TV with a Sega Master System and Genesis hooked up to it. She loves the Sonic series, Streets of Rage series, and Toe Jam and Earl. I'm even showing her how to play Shining Force. Her her mom's an SNES girl. My daughter likes Nintendo, but she's always down for Sega time with Daddy. We often listen to you guys in the car, and she loves the opening Sonic theme. Anyways, just wanted to say thank you for all that you guys do in making one of my favorite podcasts, Matt. P.S. My daughter's name is Willow. If you guys could give her a shout-out, she would love it. Hey, Willow, thank you so much for listening to the gems. It's so cool to have someone as awesome as you who loves Genesis, seven-year-old Willow. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Yeah, uh, we we really appreciate it. And that's two letters more than my son's name because his name's Will. That's cool. And he's eight years old. So thank you. Thanks to both of you for being listeners of our podcast. It's always very humbling to know that I mean, just to know that anyone's out there listening, uh, let alone uh, just really cool fans, and uh, you know, how many seven-year-olds know what a podcast yeah, is? Yeah. So I think that's great. I think maybe our kids, because we talk about it so much. But oh not. yeah, oh yeah. My kids are like, when, when are we going to start a podcast? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm I'm trying to keep them off. Of, they want to do YouTube, and I'm like, slow your roll, because yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. we could do something, but. It, it's like it automatically jumps to Minecraft, and I'm like, I <laughs> don't want to do something. My and then it's like, I'm like, you're gonna have to talk to your mom t- too because I know <laughs> she's gonna have some words. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, but they they have an uncle that streams on Twitch, and he's partnered with Twitch, so like they're on the up and up. They they know about all that stuff. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's just kind of a new reality. I mean, not something we. Did for kids, but yeah, cool. My my kids are oh, the same no. way. They're like, I want to stream Fortnite. I'm like, ah. no, I'd have to pay people <laughs> to watch me play games. Yeah, when I was a kid. yeah. <laughs> oh man. So our second email comes from Tim. Tim says, "Hey fellas, I've just started listening to your podcast, and I wanted to say keep up the great work." I love the fact that your channel focuses solely on Sega and the Genesis Mega Drive, which has played a major part in my life. 
Back in the early 90s, I used to work for Sega as a games counselor in Australia for the Sega Hotline and did game reviews for their magazine called Megazone. So as I said before, keep it going and I look forward to your next podcast. Regards, Tim, a.k.a. Sega Master Tim. I thought that was really cool. I'm like, man, do work for a second. <laughs> oh, we might have to, we might have to get Tim on the I podcast. Know. That's great. Absolutely. Thanks, so, um, it, and I asked Tim and Matt and the next uh, gentleman, Kurt, if we could uh, read their emails on the show. And so everyone said it was pretty cool. So, I, yeah. So I kind of want to know if he pronounces it Sega, Sega or Sega. Well, yeah. If you ever like, um, I think there was like an ad over in Australia and I want to say they pronounced it. Almost like Sega, yeah, instead of Sega. But I, I'd like to know. That's cool, man. So, yeah, thanks for that email, Tim. And the last one comes from Kurt. And Kurt says, Hello, Genesis Gems. My name is Kurt, and I've been listening to the podcast just a few days, and I'm enjoying it very much. It's like catching up with old friends long forgotten. Of course, I have Genesis titles. I circle and revisit on the regular Sonic & Knuckles, Sonic 3, Streets of Rage 2, on Mania Difficulty, and Maximum Carnage. But looking through the podcast episode list made me remember all the titles that have slipped through the cracks in my memory. The Rocket Knight episode really brought me back, causing me to remember another game that I think is a Genesis gem. Joe and Mac is a game that me and my cousins would play for hours and hours on, on end. Co-op side-scrolling, but mashing was our jam. I would love to hear the cast do an episode on this game. I feel like it gets a bad rap because most people probably only played the SNES version, and the SNES, the SNES version is weak compared to the Genesis version. Anyways, thanks for the free year of nostalgia. Keep up the good work, and Shaq Fu would be a great fighting game if Shaq was not in it at all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember seeing that; it made me laugh. I was like, "Hmm, would it just be called Fu? I don't. <laughs> what would they call it? <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I what would what have been cool? I think the ultimate because Delphine made it. I I think that the characters from Out of This World and Flashback should have been hidden characters in the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the characters you fight in that game anyway are a little odd, so they, they'd fit in there. No problem. Oh, yeah, they would have fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> Though it would have been kind of cheating to, to be like Lester from uh, Out of This World or <laughs> Another World for our European friends because he has like a a laser blaster that doubles as a shield. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he kind of would have had the... It would have been kind of the, maybe the end boss of the game. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. See, we we could, you know, all the questions they have. How would you recreate a game? There you go. Sounds like an Ask Aaron question that we missed. <laughs> I know. Cool. It's hard to keep all of them straight, too. I'm like, I hope that, uh, I mean, I know people listen to the, the show, and so they're like, oh, maybe have an idea of, like, questions that have already been asked. But I, I'm happy to answer the question again, and sometimes I forget that I've answered it. Yeah, for sure. And so I will maybe answer it slightly different. So if I do, I apologize. <laughs> That's cool. Well, all right, let's uh, jump right into things here because I think the next section of the show is Sega Snippets. Tap one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. <laughs> Guys, as you know, Sega Snippets kind of turned into just uh, random game talk. Uh, we do talk about our, our, our Sega games that we've been playing, but we also just kind of talk about random game stuff. So, uh, yeah, so hang on for that. Um, as far as Sega goes, I'm having a blast. And uh, myself and uh, a good friend of the show, Matt Daly, he and I were going back and forth uh, doing a high score contest over at the uh, 
Facebook group, Retro Gaming Monthly, uh, that uh, Stephen from Facebook uh, is the admin on. But uh, they have a they do a game of the month, but they also do like a high score game of the month. And this month's high score game was Streets of Rage for the Genesis. So uh, I set the high score uh, one day. And then Matt Daly came back and beat it by just a couple, and then I came back and beat it by a little bit more, and then Matt came by and just absolutely slammed my face in the ground with the high score he had. <laughs> and I've tried three or four times to beat it, and I can't do it. So, uh, oh man! But it's been so much fun. It's just kind of like I don't know. I, I I love Streets of Rage. Don't get me wrong, but I haven't put that much time into the first Streets of Rage in years. And it was just kind of fun to to relive that. Um, and, and I had it on uh, Sega CD. Oh yeah, and yeah, it was. Pretty solid on there. Yeah, and, and and you know, as I've said many times, Streets of Rage Two is usually my favorite out of the series. But uh, I don't know, it kind of made me miss uh, playing with Adam. Uh, he kind of was the lost character after the after the first game. You know, you have Skate, yeah, Skate, yeah. who's his son. So I like using him. He's he's kind of like the powerful guy of the three. Um, I do better with uh, with with Axel, but I just kind of enjoyed uh, playing with Adam for uh, for once again. So I don't know, it's kind of fun. I I, uh, I got a little further without can because basically you know your 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 high score resets after your last life. So I I got pretty far without even taking a continue, which is really awesome. Something I haven't done before. So it's like, it's like this this whole contest made me get a little better at the game, which I thought was really cool. That's you know that happens with Genesis Gems also. Uh, I'll prepare for a game and then I will play it more than sometimes <laughs> more than I ever did as a kid, yeah. or, or at least I get further than I ever did as a kid. That's that's what it is. Yeah, because uh, you know I, I we maybe had a handful of Sega Genesis games at a time and then we get we get some more kind of a slow trickle. So or you'd rent a few here and there, uh, but. It really was one of those things where I was not always so great at video games. So, I don't know, you kind of have to shuffle them around. But now I have more time to just be like, okay, I'm going to devote maybe just a couple days to getting better at this game. And then, like, you've also got maps online. You've got <laughs> other things to help you out. I don't yeah, know. that's cool, though. Yeah, so I mean that's that, that, that's been the fun part about this group. Just kind of he, he kind of set it up as a as a book of the month club. If you've you know heard Stephen was on our uh, zombie eight uh, zombies eight my neighbors episode, so uh, you got to hear a little bit about that. But we really appreciate what he's doing out there on that uh, on that group, and uh, he's he, he just kind of kind of like an extension of our network <laughs> in most of sense. So we we definitely appreciate what he's doing. But that that was fun. I had a good time with that. I'm actually I was actually playing that on the uh, Genesis collection on the Switch. Um, I downloaded that. I didn't go get the physical copy because I, I kind of like just having it on the Switch at all times. I don't have to worry about popping the card in. But um, it's uh, it, it's a good one, Sega Genesis Classics. Um, and I, I'm kind of with Chris Vanderhoff in a way. Um, he doesn't like these re-releases because it's just not the controller. I don't really like using like the uh, the controller layout of the Switch as much as I would like a six-button layout. When you, when you have that diamond uh, configuration, uh, your A, B, and C button on a Genesis just feels kind of weird using like Y, B, and A. But um, but but, but you, you you tend to make uh, make the best out of it. <laughs> so, but I do, I do like that collection. Yeah. I, I think it's very cool on the uh, on the Switch. It's kind of nice having that. Like I, I kind of have that icon right beside my uh, Nintendo Entertainment System Classic uh, icon as well. So it's like I can I can play like some of the best of the Genesis library and some of the best of the Nintendo library. It's like right there at my hands now on the Switch. So I'm really enjoying that. But uh, other than that, um, I started Dragon's Dogma, and I honestly. It was okay. It was okay. I, I just couldn't play any more of it. I put about 15 hours into it. 
and I didn't get very far, but the whole time I'm playing it, I'm like, you know, this is okay, but I just would rather be playing Skyrim. The whole time yeah. I, was, I was thinking that. So maybe I should have played it when it came out and maybe would have appreciated it a little bit more, but, um, yeah, it's okay. It's, it, if you guys like those kind of open world games, it, it's fun, but, um, I like Skyrim better. And then, I think you would like, like, uh, so Capcom also did the mon- the Monster Hunter mm-hmm, games. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd like that one, especially like the Monster monster hunter world game uh, just because they made it more friendly for newcomers and just easier to get into and i think dragon's dogma probably has a pretty big learning curve i remember play i didn't play too much of it but i remember it being fairly difficult it, it, so jump into. like you can't just wander around anywhere and, and try to adventure because you're gonna get killed pretty fast it's uh <laughs> yeah you really gotta level your guy up and kind of I don't know. I, of course, I was a warrior. I always talk about that, but um, it took me a while to really. You're always a tank, aren't you? Oh, I have to be. It's just I want to go kill as much as I can. But it's kind of nice too because you have these things called pawns, and you can kind of pick what class they are. So I had like a pawn that was a mage and a pawn that was an archer. So like I, that was kind of my entourage as I went around. I, the mage would heal me. The the archer would do long distance fighting, and then I would just go, you know, <laughs> kill as much as I could with my sword, <laughs> which I love. I mean, that that was fun, but um, it just it kind of got boring, and I lost interest, which. I I told myself this year as I go through my games, if if a game's boring and I lose interest, I'm just going to drop it. I'm not going to try to muscle through it because I want to get to the next one. Um, and with my I ever thought that maybe the game isn't boring, but I'm boring. but it's you. <laughs> no, just, that's a very thing to say. That's funny. No, uh, I I completely agree with you that I I think now that I'm in my 30s, um, I'm about to turn 33 like next month now. Uh, I, I feel like, wait, that's crazy. I've been doing <laughs> this podcast for, with you for how many years now? Oh, uh, it, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it just feels like, you know, I have less time now. Uh, I would rather devote the time to play something that I get enjoyment out of. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to let games grow on you, but Sometimes you're right. It's just like this really just it's just not a game for me. So it's okay. Except defeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and the thing is like I I I bought a game and I'll talk about that in just a second. But um the the next game on my list I really want to play, it doesn't come out till July and it's uh Marvel Ultimate Alliance three that's uh, Switch exclusive. So I thought, uh, yeah, I, I that's going to be like a total Diablo style game. Yeah, I'm which I l- love the MUA games on the uh, yeah, PS2 and, and Xbox uh, th- the 360. I told you my experience with that, with getting that on the Wii and it being oh, like yeah. the worst mistake ever. It's miserable. And you know what the problem with that version is? What's that? This isn't really Sega talk. That's but right. Maybe it's an example of how Sega did better, did things better. Because they didn't do motion controls. Um, so the problem is, on the Wii, you're playing a perfectly good game, but sometimes I like to shift my hand. And this was like the early days of the Wii where they had to like shoehorn in like motion controls for no reason. And for this particular game, they decided that if you wanted to rotate the camera, you would tilt your hand <laughs> and so you would you would tilt the 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 nunchuck that you're controlling everybody with instead of like making it like a plus or uh, making it another button something something else they yeah, decided yeah. oh this will be great so while you're playing the game the camera will just random 
randomly move around because you, you've accidentally shifted your hand by accident. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Wii was funny because, I mean, Wii Sports was fun and some of the, like, the on-rail shooter games were fun using the controller, but uh, I think other than like Super Mario Galaxy, no no other game really really made me feel good uh, good think... about using the, the Wiimote. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. There were very few games that properly that properly used it, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's exceptions, I'm sure, and we'll probably get corrected for that. But n- nothing. Oh, yeah, nothing. there's some you know, like there's there's Zelda, um, and then there's like Red Steel Two. There's, Red, there's Red Steel Two was okay. Yeah, I I, I played uh, that through. No it was more heroes. Those, like those types of games, like where it makes sense. But yeah. there's just some games like I did not like playing Metroid Prime Trilogy. No, no, no. no. With the Wiimote. I, I re- so there you go. I really thought first-person shooters would be pretty cool, but they just didn't. It it wasn't precise it, enough. It's not. It's not precise enough. And you really need better technology to pull that off. And and now we're getting there. Yeah. Um. But yeah. You know, like with VR and proper yeah. head tracking, <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm, it's getting better. I don't know if it's just because I don't want to spend more money or what, but I have no interest in VR at all. Like every time I see something come out, I'm like, nah, not for me. I haven't even tried the new stuff. I'm like, I'll, I'll stick. I'll stick with my little my oh, little switch over here. <laughs> it's yeah. For me, it's it's fun trying it at friends' house houses, but the problem is, I don't think I'm getting the full 3D effect because I've got stigmatism in my left eye. Oh gosh. So un- until I can find a way to get that corrected, I don't feel like I'm really going to see the the true 3D image that other people see. Yeah. But it's still fun. It's just not like, and I think we've talked about this before. Sega was actually going to do VR. Yeah. In the early '90s, they were already gung ho and showing demos off and everything, and they they pulled out. And I think they were smart <laughs> because <laughs> the VR tech was just too expensive and not there. And what they were offering was, well, you can use existing console hardware, and then you can buy this device. And I just. I think they saw which way the wind was blowing and then yeah. Nintendo brought out their VR project and obviously it was undercooked and no one talks about it except kind of derisively, which is the <laughs> <laughs> virtual boy. Yeah. yeah. I just, I'm sure it's cool, but I just, I can't bring myself to it for some reason. Um, but yeah, other than those games, um, yeah, I was kind of hit and miss on some like little games, like played a lot of Cuphead. That game was phenomenal. Um, oh, that game rules! Yeah, that's like a love letter, Gunstar Heroes, and phenomenal. And I, I kept hearing the term, you know, bus, uh, boss rush mode. I'm just like, oh, I hate games like that. But I gave Cuphead a chance. There's some levels that are I mean, the mo- most of them really are the boss rush mode type games, but uh, there are some like kind of platformy type Contra style uh, levels, and those are really cool. But the it's it's hard, but you see the patterns of what you need to do. And, yeah. and and you every time you play it you learn and like you get a little further every time and uh, it wasn't I'm not gonna say it wasn't frustrating like I, I'm about halfway through the game but uh, I uh, I I you know there there was something real satisfying about figuring out the bosses and uh, you know what was gonna come next and how to dodge things and I don't know very very cool game of course it's got that old like uh, old style cartoon graphics which I just thought was gorgeous I, I've never seen a game pull that off like that before. Oh yeah, they took years to do that, yeah. and it, I mean it's the best animation of like almost any game I've seen. Yeah, yeah, so so cool. And usually when usually there's a sacrifice, you know, like you 
if the animation is that good, usually the gameplay suffers. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, the artist did a great job, but now sometimes you can't tell what's in the foreground, what's in the background, but they made it pretty simple and easy to, to read the screen, which is important. Yeah. And and the premise of the game is just so far off left field. It's not even funny. <laughs> you guys just need to go check that out because the characters look, they're, you know, these little Mickey Mouse looking dudes with cups on their head and the storyline is hilarious. And <laughs> you just, you need to check it out. That, that, yeah, I've never heard of the animator. I think it's IB Works. Uh, the guy who originally did like the Felix the Cat cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the original concept in Mickey Mouse stuff that that's exactly the style. So yeah, but yeah, it's it's it, it, checking it, out the the game's got so much charm. Like Gunstar Heroes and Alien Soldier and Alien Soldier is probably closer to what it's trying to do, which is a giant boss rush mode. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> that's how that's how Alien Soldier is. Is like you'll have like these really short stages and then like these massive bosses. Yeah. Yeah, no, another great treasure game. Which right? we still haven't decided. <laughs> uh, we, we we still haven't decided if we're going to cover like uh, Sega Channel exclusive releases or European, Japanese stuff on our main show, yeah. or if we keep that over on Patreon. We'll figure it out one way or another. But I do want to cover that game. I've put some time into it, so for sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, I guess for me. Sega snippets. Uh, so I, a few things like well, one thing that I was reading up on is that the, the new Sega Genesis Mini or, or Mega yeah, Drive Mini. Yeah. yeah, so they just announced some more new games and, and I'm pretty excited to see Mega Man Wily Wars in there, which yeah, was only cool. on Sega Channel in North America and it collects the first three Mega Man games, puts it on the Sega Genesis, and then gives you a boss rush mode. And I don't know if you ever played that when it was on Sega Channel, but it was pretty cool. No, I I, I had the ROM, played that, and then... Uh, yeah, I played the ROM, and... and Joseph Garris sent a, uh, a repro of that, and I have that at the house. Yeah, I've played that a lot. It's worth getting a repro for, and it'll be nice being able to play it in an official way. And, and I'm excited, because there's only, like, I think 10 more games to go and the lineup so far has been pretty great so i have high hopes for this thing it's the first time i'm actually excited for an official sega mini console because <laughs> it teamed up with m2 which is just the best thing they ever could have done and i, I love uh, speaking of m2 uh, not to change the subject but i love the the attention they're getting they just uh you know that Castlevania like remix or whatever the heck that is the Castlevania release they just came out with, uh, where they released the original Castlevania games on Nintendo and Bloodlines and Super Castlevania and one on one big uh, yeah that M two had a big you know they they did that and people are just going oh M two are the best and I just I, I love that they're getting that that no uh, just that attention I think it's so cool yeah that's awesome there was yeah. a a YouTube channel um, I think it's My Life in Gaming and they do like really ex- extensive they do really good work on covering all sorts of retro gaming topics and they had a whole feature where they just talked about m2 and it was fantastic yeah so very cool they were on a uh, episode of uh um 
think it was called the kind of funny games games cast it's a couple guys from ign kind of started their own thing they brought in the guys from him too a real cool interview yeah Yeah. been at it since you know what their first game was oh my i don't know game that we need to cover it's gauntlet on the sega genesis oh yeah (laughs) gauntlet 4 or just gauntlet in japan yep yep oh that's awesome I think you've told me that before, and I just completely forgot, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I was going to mention oh. one more game. Um, I did download, yeah. and I've put about five hours into it, uh, Saints Row the Third. Never played it. Uh, I, I saw it out there, and it was, you know, like $30, and I, I downloaded that. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a Grand Theft Auto-type clone game, but very, very, uh, <laughs> very odd. A lot of weird stuff going on in that game. Very very uh, adult oh, very comic yeah very, very adult uh, theme too i definitely can't play that in front of my kids <laughs> so. oh oh no <laughs> so. but the, i i enjoyed the time i spent with it. it's very over the top and i think that one's better than four because i think by the time you get to four you, you just become kind of overpowered oh gotcha it's just not not quite. I think you almost get like superpowers, if I remember right. <laughs> Just not quite as fun. But hey, there are diehard fans of the series that probably know more than I do. Yeah. You can tell me wrong. So have at it. <laughs> the more modern game, I think I've been playing two modern games I'll talk about real quickly since we're jumping around. Uh, I played The Witness, which is almost yeah. like a throwback to, to Mist. And I've really enjoyed that. It's a relaxing game to play. It's been released on just about everything. It's Jonathan Blow, the same guy who did Braid. And it's a puzzle-focused game. You wander around an island freely. And I was able to play it with my daughter, and she was able to solve some of the easier puzzles, but basically go up to these terminals, and you solve these line puzzles, and then they open up different gates and switches and parts of the island, and then you're sort of free to go work on different puzzles in whatever order you want so it it works beautiful game that's cool. really neat concept enjoyed it the other one is path of exile which has been out for a while on pc almost 10 years but it just recently got ported to ps4 and i've been playing that version and if you want a free-to-play diablo game that's actually really solid that's the one so cool. And retro-wise, besides Turk in here, I put some time into, I think it's called Monster World 4. It's Wonder Boy 4, I, but they call it Monster World 4. If you heard of that one, it's the Japanese exclusive one yeah. uh, in the Wonder Boy series. And then it got a fan's translation, and then it got an official release on the Wii Shop I think sometime in like 2007 or 2008. And then it got ported a few other places. So you can still play it in English. And it's awesome. Like my kids were actually impressed with how the <laughs> game looked on Sega Genesis. They said, oh, this is Sega Genesis? I'm like, yeah. So they they like they really liked that game. They wanted to take turns playing it. So That's cool. It's a, it's a solid, super fun game. Very cool. That's another one I'd want to cover either here or on Patreon, whichever one we do. Yeah. But we'd probably have to cover the one that did get released here first. Just saw it too, which is a <laughs> not Dragon's Trap. That's the one on Master System. It's the one after that 
and I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, I, there was a Wonder Boy game that came out on the Sega Genesis, and the name is just escaping me I'm right now. I'm pretty sure I have that one. Of course, I'm not buying my collection right now, so I can't look at it. That's the one where it's like you start out really slow, but then you get boots and you get faster. Is it is it part four? Is that what I'm thinking of? Wonder Boy four. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's not part four. It, it's actually uh, Wonder Boy and Monster game. World. It's Monster World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, the, that's one. the one I got. I'm thinking because I think it was like the fourth one released. Maybe. No, 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 no. That was like the fifth one yeah. released. Anyways, I got the. I, I actually have that one. I haven't played much of it though, but I I, it was, I found a dirt cheap, which was actually a heck of a deal at a flea market. So I picked it up. <laughs> Just haven't put the time into it yet. So. And what's what's weird about that game is that if it's the one I'm thinking of, Weston had this weird thing where <laughs> they would port the games around, like you know how they basically licensed out the the game, so it became Adventure Island. Well. <laughs> Wonder Boy in Monster World was released on the Turbo Duo, but <laughs> totally got changed into an- another game called Dynastic Hero. If you want to read like the really weird history of all the Wonder Boy games and Adventure Island and stuff like that, all these spinoffs and things, and like almost graphical hacks, I recommend checking out Hardcore Gaming 101. They've got a, a nice write-up on that. Because it's it's just weird that there's a Sega Genesis game, there's a Turbo Duo version, and there's even a Master System port of the game. That's cool. So, crazy stuff. Anyways, that's all I have to say for now. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Sega Snippets. Yep. <laughs> End well, of cool. line. End of line. End scene. <laughs> I was play- Oh, you know what? I was playing, it was Subterranea. And, and oh, yeah. I love that game. There's a line in that where it says end of line and they're totally, it's a total callback to Tron. I, I just know it. <laughs> I bought that game and I never played it until I bought it. Uh, I was down at Myrtle Beach about, f- oh gosh, my oldest son was only like four. So five years ago. And uh, yeah, because I, I, I found Contra Hard Corpse and I was like, oh, and I found it, you know, complete in box. I'm like, I got to get this. And then I saw, uh, I saw Subtrade like next to it. I'm like, this looks kind of cool. So I picked it up too. It's <laughs> kind of one of those impulse buys and that. And then I started playing it. I'm like, wow, this is unique. Unique little shooter. Yeah, if you've ever played like uh, Thrust or Lunar Lander, Solar Jetman, um, a, a modern equivalent would be like Pixel Junk Shooter. Yeah. Which they kind of fixed the whole gravity thing to <laughs> not, not make it as much of an issue. But yeah, Subterranean, really interesting game, but super hard. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. All right. All right, so on to the next segment then the next segment i think it's everyone's favorite segment this is where you get to ask you guys get to chime in and ask aaron all your favorite questions so uh let's go ahead and ask aaron aaron hickman is a dude who knows a lot about sega games ask him questions it's okay and he will answer them if he wants so guys in the future uh this was the very very last time we uh had an ask aaron on our Genesis Gems Facebook group. So uh, I posted that up there. I, you know, I posted that cool picture of him playing guitar, his awesome Sonic guitar. And uh, I said, you know, this will be the last one until we go uh, the next one. We'll do, be doing the Bit Bros. So he got an awful lot of questions. And uh, <laughs> do you remember wh- what our limit was? Did we say 10 questions? 
I, you know what? Since we're going to be including the, <laughs> just, you just want to do the whole thing. Yeah, we might as well do. Let's do fifteen. Fifteen, okay. I know it might be fifteen, twenty. I'll try to answer them faster. But I, what I feel like is, if we're brand, if we're going to move this over to the Bit Brothers group, we're going to get feedback from more people. That's true. I think That's potentially. True. That's true. Yeah, especially as it goes goes forward. I think we just hit a uh, hundred members today, so it got up pretty quick. So yeah, so I, I will try not to be long winded, but I I love answering questions from you guys. <laughs> so keep them coming. Sweet. And speaking of that, the first question comes from longtime Genesis Gym patron Jared Adams, and Jared says, "How do you afford that rock and roll lifestyle?" <laughs> <laughs> Blood, sweat, and tears, my friend. <laughs> um, no, you just, if you want a guitar, you save up money for it. <laughs> if you want to play a show, you work at your, your craft. And then um, I think what happened, why I ended up even playing this show was because you sometimes you have to be in the right place at the right time. Someone on Twitter was like, oh, hey, I'm doing doing a south by southwest show for it was square by square sounds and they hadn't done it in several years and i i saw it and, and they're like would anyone be interested and they had posted it somewhere on facebook as well and i saw it i was like uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they picked who they wanted to be on it and i happened to be one of the ones picked so it worked out but yeah i i don't i wouldn't say i've got much of a rock and roll lifestyle but <laughs> i love getting out there i've been practicing with my buddy uh we're gonna do a killer show at the dallas museum of art next month to benefit autism causes um there's a charity called chip tunes for autism so we're going to be doing that we're actually going to rent a van so we can put all his drums in it and oh, all my cool. stuff yeah that's cool yeah so if you if you got the dream and you don't like for me, I don't think I've got another friend who's like touring all around the United States and just got done playing like a 30 city tour. I can't do that. I've got a full time <laughs> job. Yep. Yep. I've got kids. Kids. Yep. I've got an ex-wife who's going to yell at me if I'm gone too long. <laughs> so kudos to you guys. You can yeah, absolutely. But great question, Jared. Absolutely. I, you know, it's funny because I've been playing a lot of music, too, and I played three times in one month and i was like oh i can't do that much anymore <laughs> it's like, well, that, you know that that's kind of funny coming from someone who loves to play music so cool all right next question comes from andrew coed andrew says what advice would you give to someone wanting to get into podcasting don't don't <laughs> don't do it don't do it no um i i think that's a great question I would say pick a topic, make the topic as simple and to the point and interesting as possible. I mean, for us, we're a Sega Genesis game-by-game game podcast. Generally, what helps is to be able to describe your podcast in one sentence, kind of like an elevator pitch. Yeah. So that's going to be the easiest way for people to find your material. So you're going to want to get it on iTunes. But even when they're searching on iTunes, they're going to be searching for specific hashtags and things to to find you and so 
I'm sure people find us naturally by searching Sega Genesis or searching retro gaming. So I don't know. I would imagine you'd want to do some sort of gaming podcast, which would be great. Uh, and all I can say is we've got friends that they some of them do shows by themselves, which all power to you. But I would say personally, it's been a lot easier to do shows where I have someone else to bounce off of. And when one of us isn't feeling 100 <laughs> percent, the other one kind of picks up the slack. Yeah, right? absolutely. We, we try to Nick and I both try to bring 100 percent. But it, it, sometimes it helps if you've got a, a good friend you trust or you've made friends with someone online, you're both very passionate about a subject and you feel like they would be a great fit. Even before you jump on and do a practice show, have just a conversation, don't even record it, see how the flow goes. In terms of the technical stuff, because this, this is a broad question, the technical stuff is there are things, there are ways to get your podcast out there for free or for cheap. I would look into those. There are hosting services where they give you enough bandwidth where you can upload to that service. Yeah, and and, and do it for free. And 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 you really learn as you go. So we've we've done all kinds of stuff. But like what we're doing right now, Anchor.fm, it's free, completely free. And if you get enough listeners, they they give you ads. You make money. Which we've never done before, <laughs> so uh, you know. I, I, yeah, we we were doing for a long time. Um, what was the name of that service? Podomatic, and we were we were it literally. It's, it costs like eighty dollars a month, and we were using the Patreon money. For was, <laughs> yeah, and, and what you're paying for is ease of setup. Yeah, but if you get over the initial ease of setup, then and it's easier or it's better to do something where it, it it costs a bit less. It's almost like having to pay your cable provider a monthly fee just to, to rent that box. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes no sense. You don't own it. You should just buy your own box yeah. and not have to pay the, the leasing fee for their box. <laughs> That's another story. Yeah, exactly. But great qu- question, uh, Andrew, Drew. I'd be happy to talk to you about it if it's something you're really interested in and give you pointers. Yeah. Another pointer we had was um, use Audacity if you can, or yes. if you got another piece of software you like. Audacity's free and open source, so whatever, if you're on Mac or Linux or Windows, it's on all those. And then use something called Levelator. Yes, that's my favorite. <laughs> Especially because the guests on your show, their levels aren't always necessarily going to match yours. Sometimes people are louder than other people, and it kind of brings your your sound levels in line. Yeah. Unless you want to sit there and do it manually. <laughs> another another quick quick tip is pro tip: don't worry so much about if you're if you're the one editing. You could be like the our, our friends over. Uh, I can't even think of the podcast for. Right now, I'm drawing a blank, and I did the music for them. <laughs> retro, uh, retro bliss. Retro bliss. They're gonna hate you now if they're listening. <laughs> yeah, retro bliss. So, so, I was just gonna say about them: they hire someone, they pay someone, yeah, I believe, with with Patreon money to actually do their editing for them. Just great. That's cool. And the person does the editing, and they add in cool effects and stuff. 
So if you can do that, more power to you. If you yeah. want to be the one doing the editing or if you have someone else who wants to do it, my word of advice is, you know, you can run the, there's something you can run to remove silence, but there's also something you can do that I think you should do, which is not worry so much about all the ums. Yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah. Always cut out the silence, but don't worry so much about the ums. I used to spend hours editing, and and on a good day now, I can probably get the entire episode done in thirty minutes. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, you might leave in a stop talking or two, but yeah. And and, and we haven't it, had that. We haven't problem in a long time. Where maybe you guys know the story. You've listened to the show long enough. You know what happened? Where I had <laughs> Skype muted, but we were recording on Audacity, and I got after my kids and. The rest is history. Yeah, and 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 speaking of recording, if you're doing it with someone over Skype, I I recommend some type of uh, desktop recording software that'll yes. capture the desktop audio and then capture your mic audio as a, a secondary source. That's what I do. I actually use OBS Studio, which is free, and um, my mic's going directly into a channel, and then uh, Aaron just comes out of my desktop audio, which ends up sounding very good. It, it it downloads as a video, but you can pull that right into Audacity and it transfers it into an MP3. So that's very cool. And then the last bit of advice, especially if you're putting in segment music or any kind of breaks in between the segments, like we do for Ask Aaron and Sega Snippets, um, whoever is doing the editing, keep a time log. I do that uh, every now and then. You may hear me typing. Oh, but yeah. like, like for instance, here I have uh, 11 minutes and 18 seconds, Sega Snippets. So I know when I go edit, that's the first thing I do. I go in there and do the time log. I, I do the uh, Ask se- Aaron segments. Ask yeah. hours. Yeah, that way I got that way I have it done. Then I can do I do spot checks uh, when I go through audio. I make sure Aaron sounds good. I make sure I sound good. Um, now, if one of us says yeah, something, we should get a say. decent mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah get, get a get a decent mic, a pop filter at the very least. Yes, whatever mic you yes. get. Yeah, and and then these USB and you'll be good to go. The USB mics work very good. I have a direct USB Blue Snowball about fifty bucks, and I've been using it for like six years. It's been it's been great. Yeah. It's cool. So, great question. Uh, let's keep going because I know we got more questions <laughs> yeah. to go, and I'm I'm not burning through them like I thought I would. Well, and I, I jumped in a little too much on that one. So, um, oh, that's okay. Antonio Sanchez says, any mods or updates to the Sonic guitar? Oh, you know what? No, no mods or updates to it yet. But I think I still want to. Well, I want to get it shielded, but. I, I don't know. At the same at the same time, I actually just bought a pedal for it, uh, a noise canceling pedal. So, you guys tell me, do you think I need the extra shielding on the guitar, or <laughs> should my pedal be fine? Maybe Nick can answer that. I don't know. There's always room for extra pedals. <laughs> <laughs> the cooler on the stage. Yeah, the noise canceling thing. I've 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 dove in that in the past few years. That's a that's a heck of a pedal, especially if you're if you're if you're using any kind of crunch and, and you're the only one playing and you can hear that awful hum in the background, it's really cool to have that. Yeah. So, and, it, and it's good for uh, if you're doing a lot of starts and stops with distortion because it, cause it, 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 it breaks the song up um, when you're palm muting. And if you like palm mute, palm mute, stop, like it, it clears it clears the air and it really adds dynamic to your, to your song. So. Oh, are you saying when you stand the pedal down and it, and it cuts it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. So Otto Gregerson asks, now that you have joined forces with the dudes, can we please have a stop talking ringtone as a Patreon exclusive? You know, if we could somehow find, I'd have to recreate it because uh, <laughs> I don't think 
either of us. I no. found what I thought was it, but it was the episode we thought it was, but it was for Retro Obscure. I'm like, no. <laughs> it was episode 58, I think. It was Aladdin, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can't find... Oh, man, if someone still somehow has that recording, that would be great. Did we, like, save that in Dropbox somewhere? Because those were the days where we used to keep, like, two different recordings. Possibly. Yeah, I may have to look there. I, I usually clear out the Dropbox, though, because it's not much space. Yeah. So, oh, well. He had a second part of the question. I guess that was just kind of his funny question. Sure. The next one is, yeah. have you tried the Sunsoft Batman game for the Genesis? Is it as good or better than the NES version? It's not as good. I've, I played Agreed. the whole thing. I like. I don't want to spoil too much of it, considering we'll probably cover it. But I can say hey, the music's fantastic. The music yeah. is by the same composer uh, who did the NES music, and it's the best part of the game. I would say the problem is that Sunsoft, around this time, kicked butt on the yeah. NES. They really yeah. knew how to use that hardware and so the original batman is just very tightly designed and the mechanics in that game work perfectly not so much in batman <laughs> where there's just not the enemies are really dumb in that game the bosses are way too easy and it's just not as well designed of a game and and you'll notice if you play and i played them back to back totally noticed <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> so it's not a bad game. It's maybe slightly underrated, but it's not. It's got that early Genesis, like, like not that greatly designed feel to it. <laughs> yeah, I get you. <laughs> okay. The next yeah. one comes from Gabe Van Gilder, and he says, Aaron, who gave rock and roll to you? <laughs> you know what? I can answer this. God gave rock and roll <laughs> to you. Gave rock and roll to you, rock and roll to everyone. <laughs> and if you don't know what that's from, or like, let's kiss, obviously. Kiss, yeah. But it was also in Bill and Ted. What's the excellent adventure? Bogus, Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. Yeah. Yes. Faith No More was in Bogus Journey. Also. What is it? Get set. <laughs> I love those Same. movies. I'm pretty sure they're making a new one, right? <laughs> yes. There's going to be a Bill and Ted's, uh, I don't know if it's Excellent Adventure 3, but there's going to be a Bill and Ted 3, and considering the shape that Keanu Reeves is in for like his John Wick movies, I'm super excited. Yeah. I know he's like 55, but he's, he's awesome. probably the best action star around <laughs> right now. And I don't care how, how boring people say he is. I love that guy. <laughs> Just watched. I just watched The Matrix, and I was just surprised how well that movie stood oh, I up. Yeah. We, I just watched the it's first. Still, John, still I, we never watched John Wick before, and I just saw the first one about a month ago for the oh, first time and loved fun. it. <laughs> yeah, and there's two more to watch. I, yeah. I still haven't watched them, so there you go. Patreon, Patreon show. <laughs> All right. So uh, Richard Smith says, "How many faces have you seen, and have you rocked and rolled them all?" <laughs> Oh, I love these references. And to answer your question, I have probably rocked about... I could probably count on two hands. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I've rocked ten faces, but out of all those faces, I rocked every single one of them. 
Now, I, I, I played a show in San Antonio, and I had a bunch. It was the show, I think, where the most friends had come to my show, which is really cool. Um, I think I had about 10 people show up. <laughs> that is cool. So that's, that's 10 of my friends, which is cool. And then all the people that were at the bar already. So <laughs> it worked out. That's awesome. Yeah, it's nice when people come support you and actually enjoy it. That's fun. Cool. So the next one comes from... Well, there's a lot of comments in here. I'm just going to go ahead to the questions. So we appreciate appreciate all those questions or the comments and there. A lot of uh, kind of good vibes to us for the Bit Brothers. But uh, uh, next question comes from Mike Hall. Mike says, sports games aside, what genre of game do you think Genesis does best? My guess is the arcade platformer. Oh, yeah. The arcade platformer is a very solid choice. Um, I would also say, let's see, it, Sega Genesis does run and gun games fantastically. So that's another one. Anything with a platform, run and gun, I think it does pretty well at most things. It's just, I feel like there weren't enough, like RPGs, there could have been some more great rpgs on the system but yeah. there wasn't enough third-party support like solid guys like squaresoft or even capcom um you look at like the super nintendo super famcom there were just so many different companies throwing rpgs on that system but on the sega genesis yeah if we're not talking sports games okay i've got it i've got the right <laughs> answer the right answer is shoot 'em ups shmups hands down Shmups. Which I hate saying <laughs> shoot 'em ups. Look how many really good shooters are on the Sega Genesis. It's insane. Uh, I was just playing, I had my buddy over at, at my place here, buddy Jesse, and we were playing Air Diver, and it was fun. It was a two player simultaneous playing shoot 'em up early Sega Genesis game, but really good. And I'd never played as a kid. There's a whole bunch bunch of really really good shooters and i think sega genesis does them phenomenally well very good yeah i like that i'm kind of in that same boat also with beat-em-ups i think sega genesis has got some amazing beat-em-up games but yeah, yeah. But anyways uh next question comes from jeffrey larue and jeffrey says would you marry me okay <laughs> <laughs> you know what? i'm not in the race right now but i appreciate the time <laughs> i am very much taken at the moment yeah Ooh, i like this question now uh, you'll like this i got a few ideas myself but a tyler jones ask what's the best parody sports game uh for example road rash and mutant league football oh yeah i think mutant league football is sort of the gold standard um i did get to play a bit of mutant league hockey and i like that one but mutant league football is just the most solid and and i know we've covered like pigskin football and um our our tribals i don't think we've covered but that was another solid one but i think the gold standard for me is mutant league football yeah in terms of like parody sports i thought you were gonna say super baseball 2020 that one's cool i wouldn't i don't know if i'd call it a parody like it, it, I guess it's how you define parody, right? Because there's there's sports games that are out, out there, and there's ones where they're like fake Olympic games. 
<laughs> and there's ones where like they invent a new sport, and then there's ones where it's like kind of a joke on and and those are the ones where I think it's pretty much a, a joke on not so much on like uh football fans, but just like the whole concept and just throwing in all sorts of crazy crazy shenanigans. I don't know. What do you think? I can't think of really other really good examples. I had caveman games on NES, but it doesn't really hold up quite as well. Yeah, it doesn't hold up quite as well as Mutant League Football does. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe NBA Jam. I mean, full court two on two isn't really the most common thing in the world. Big dogs and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if you would if you would call that a parody or more like an arcade, almost street ball style. So I don't know. That's a good hmm. question, though. Yeah, I like that. Of course, I love old sports games, so I'm always excited about that. <laughs> this is funny. Uh, John Wedgworth asks, can Aaron see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? <laughs> <laughs> I know I did. That's probably why I became diabetic. Don't quote me. Uh, no, that's not why I became diabetic, but there is a lot of sugar in Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's yeah. probably why it was my absolute favorite cereal oh, as a I loved kid. it. <laughs> That's cool. So if, if that doesn't answer your question, that that was the type of cereal where I didn't need any milk. <laughs> I would just grab that, grab a handful of it out candy. of the box. Yeah. Just go. It was. It's like you're out of candy. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, next best thing. <laughs> Very cool. Where uh, is the lie? It's like cocoa pebbles and stuff like that. Same thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> or uh, co- cookie crisps. Cookie crisps. Yep. 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 Next question. Actually, this is going to be the final question. Uh, Nick DeMarco asks, "Why did you sell out to the men?" <laughs> the price was right. The price was right. Price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> and the price the- is wrong, Bobby. <laughs> That's the TV edit. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Uh, Timmy Mac just has a nice thing to say. Days late, but just wanted to say sup, guys. Can't wait for the next episode. So cool. There was a lot of comments on here, but a lot of them were just kind of mini conversations <laughs> with the folks. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool, though. We, we think that's pretty neat. All right. So, again, guys, make sure if you want to ask Aaron next time, we are on the Bit Brothers group for that. So, go check that out. Make and sure. And I have to tell you something very important, Nick. What's that? About 10 minutes ago, while we were talking, I actually beat Turk. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for the first time <laughs> without any save states <laughs> oh nice well i think that's a, a good segue for the next part of the show so uh here game on game on nick game on yeah game on Sega! hello and welcome to turrican be my guest another day another try but remember shoot or die <laughs> Turrican for the Sega Genesis, and uh, man, I must say, this cover art for this game, buddy, uh, kind of remind me of like a uh, a more risky uh, Robocop, maybe? <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> who did that cover, also did the cover art for Golden Axe. Is that right? He's a famous artist. Yeah, uh, Boris Vallejo. Boris Vallejo, he must have been a little... Uh, an artist, yeah, I don't know what direction they gave him, because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I know what you're getting at. You're kind of, <laughs> you're like, is that a cod piece? I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's weird. Yeah, very weird. It looks different from the original Turrican box art. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't know what to think about it. To be honest with you, <laughs> and like, I, I know one of the comments. We'll get to it later. Uh, I, I mean, I would say it's not bad out if you took it out of context. But if you're trying to sell an action shooter platformer, whatever, I. Mm. I would say it's not not his best. Yeah, in my opinion, it's not terrible, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like like it, it's like inches away from taking the helmet off and just being a picture of Fabio on some old novel. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Boris Vallejo, you recognize his stuff like, right away. Style. He had a lot of like one in the barbarian style, and he did like a man. A war cover and he did a lot of like metal classic metal album covers gotcha. and the cover for national lampoon vacation okay okay yeah 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 i'm looking at recognize his style away he he did the i think he did the art for andrew wk's last album really yeah yeah i'm looking at some of his stuff now like, uh, like fantasy oily muscles yeah i got gotcha. you and like glad women, that sort of deal. Do you do? I'm like looking. you, you know right away. Yeah, he's done some Star Wars stuff too, hasn't he? Well, I'm seeing. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Looks like he could have done like a, uh, like an army, like remember the Army of Darkness uh, poster? Looks like, <laughs> it looks like something like this. He also did. Uh, yeah, he all did. Oh yeah, he also did the for Fancy Star Four. Well, I, I just typed in his artwork and I'm seeing Army of Darkness on here. I don't know if he did that or not, but it's part of the Google Images. So. That's cool. Didn't know that. So you learned something just talking. Like, uh, and, and, and a lot of it reminds me of Conan the Barbarian because, like, yeah. I had Swords and Serpents on NES. <laughs> and usually, like, the dudes in the pictures are just wearing, like, loincloths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. And same deal with Dragon Wars and with Golden Axe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And oh wow, he even did it for uh, uh, Demon's Crest on SNES. Yeah, like these are definitely recognizable. But yeah, Turrican. I, I mean, I think everything is cool except like the bottom of the design. I'm just like, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah. But, um,. As far as memory goes for this game, I honestly don't have any. I don't even remember seeing this game oh. as a kid. Like, like honestly, like really? I, 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 well, I remember the other Turrican games. I, I saw those on the shelf and everything, but I, I so don't. Did you play Super Turrican? Yeah, yeah. And I, I honestly thought that was the only one on the Genesis until until much later on in life. And I was like, oh, here's this game. Yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah, because on on Sega Genesis, it's a it's a whole different deal. So we. I think we borrowed it from someone. I want to say we borrowed Turk from like a neighbor. And I remember it being weird because it looked kind of like an EA cartridge shell. Yeah. The difference at that time was this was Alkalade. And because they had some sort of, I think, partnership with Nintendo also, like they, they released games on the Sega Genesis under a different line called, uh, was it Ballistic? But the cartridge shells are unique, and the difference is 
EA had a partnership with Sega where their games were still official, but they made a partnership saying that, hey, we're going to produce our own cartridge shells so we can save money. And they did. But what Accolade did was they reverse engineered the copy protection on the Sega Genesis, made their own shells, and Sega didn't like it. <laughs> so that was a huge, a huge issue and yeah. kind of went to court. And I believe Accolade won, but what happened was on the Sega Genesis, like future revisions, you couldn't. I think you couldn't play some of these games. But here's what I remember about Turk, and I remember we borrowed it from someone. It's the first time I'd played the game, and yeah, I, I had fairly good memories of the game, but I just remember thinking, like, why is this game so hard? <laughs> <laughs> Even as a kid, I was like six years old, six or seven years old, just thinking, man, you know, I'd played enough games by that time to get used to difficult games, I thought. I think I'd played Contra by that point. Yeah, so It was yeah. like 1990, 91. But I just remembered I couldn't get past... I think one of my brothers could get far enough into the game where you saw a different area of the game. I remember seeing different bosses somehow. But for me, I just remember playing the first area. And I remember exploring the first cave and I thought thought it was cool that you could turn into a spiked ball yeah. kind of like, like Metroid where you could just morph into that's, a ball that's what I thought too I thought that was cool too real, real, real quick you were talking about um, accolade and stuff um, I found a really interesting promo from a magazine uh, where it had a bunch of accolade games and it was a big like uh, fold out and uh, it had games like Star Control and then Hardball and Onslaught and uh Mike Dick is right? power football, and uh, it, it had a little description of every one of those games and their uh, cover. And on the and, the and right in the middle of it all, it says, "and it's a whole new way to play," <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> I I always and well, I'll I'll quit with this, but um, I I was always told Hardball is like one of the best retro baseball games in the world, and you know, Accolade did that one. I don't agree with that, but uh, oh no, I think it was it was kind of one of those deals where it's like it was good on, on computers because it was a simulation yeah and it was like the best simulation of the time but no I, I don't think it it's quite the best baseball no, game no. even on Sega Genesis nope and the weird thing about Turkin was that this was my first exposure to the game I had no idea that this was sort of a port of a port <laughs> yeah yeah so the original game came out on com or 64 mostly programmed pro programmed by one guy basically art designed by one guy music by team of people but it was a very impressive game on the Commodore 64 and then this was a uh, rainbow arts this programmer Manfred Trans German guy I believe so he he'd been famous in the Commodore 64 scene for just putting out these impressive of titles like uh, the Great Gianna Sisters. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he did the Great Gianna Sisters, which was sort of a take on Super Mario Brothers with with a twist, with some interesting concepts. And uh, Rainbow Arts, who put it out, 
kind of got into some hot water with Nintendo. And so they had to, I think, the, so the story goes, they had to get, get rid of the remaining supply of the game. So it's fairly rare. But yeah, people have heard of Great Geon Sisters because it's kind of like, um, it's it's a series that's still going to this day, to be honest. there's There's been like a, a few games released in the past 10, 15 years. But Turrican, this was like meant for trends, uh, one of his follow-up games. People knew that he could do some pretty impressive stuff that the Commodore 64 couldn't typically do. Yeah. And so when Turrican came out, it was sort of a tour de force for the system that you could have this complex of gameplay on, on that platform that, you know, on a computer that had come out in like 1982 or three. So, but I think the reason why we didn't know about it in the States, this is more of a European thing, is because it didn't come out until 1990 on the Commodore 64, which you think over here, there were kids in America who had Commodore 64s, but most of them weren't playing it in 1990. They'd moved on to their Amigas or their Atari STs or their IBM compatibles, their Windows. 3.1 machines you know yeah whatever it was more of a European phenomenon to be honest especially once Turrican got ported to the Amiga that's what the Sega Genesis port is is uh, basing its graphics and everything off of and who do you think did the Amiga port um, do you remember the company Factor 5 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they went on to... They they ended up doing, like, all of the Turrican games after 2. And they ended up doing you know, some really cool Star Wars games. And then they did Lair and, on PS3, and that killed them. Why <laughs> <laughs> well, they were they, they were involved with some... Well, the R-Type. Um, you know, R-Type on Amiga. Then um, I, I, I just now looked this up because I was, I was wondering... Oh, oh, yeah, interesting story about... I know with with our type was that uh, Manfred Trends had done a game called I think it's Karatekis, and um, or maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong, K- but he had K- done a game Katakis. <laughs> Katakis. yeah, which is a cool game on the Commodore 64, but I think I think it was Activision that had the the rights to the property at the time. Well, someone had the rights to to our type, Iram, whoever, and they caught wind of the game and. <laughs> It's kind of a trend with Man for Trends, which is like he he borrows from different games, different you know borrows concepts and stuff. And they thought it was too close to our type, so <laughs> the deal was like, well, if you can program a port of our type, we won't sue. <laughs> so <laughs> you pretty much did a port of our type for them, which turned out great for the system, and they were okay. He did it like in record time. Yeah. Well, and and I had to look this up just to just to make sure I remembered direct, correctly. But they uh, they also worked on which was one of my favorite Game Boy games was uh, Contra. I'm, I'm a huge Contra fan, but Contra: The Alien Wars. They did that on the Game Boy, which I, I had a yeah, had a I blast mean, with that. Impressive <laughs> versions of games. Yeah, I I remember. Yeah, I remember playing that one, which is like whoa, playing Alien Wars on the Game yeah, Boy. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I started with uh, Operation C on the Game Boy, which is a great game as well. Um, yeah, I, of course I loved everything Contra as a kid. So I love I love running guns in general. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, especially Contra. It, it, did Did you know there's a port of Turrican on the Game Boy? Yep. <laughs> I didn't try it. There's also a port on the uh, BlackBerry. I was trying to find. <laughs> I read I read that, but I couldn't find any screenshots anywhere. It just said came out for the BlackBerry. Yeah, I thought that's. That was- that's interesting. It must be like a homebrew port. Maybe. Because I, I don't remember playing games on my BlackBerry. It's <laughs> released on all of the all of the microcomputers of the time. So it was crazy because um I'm trying to think here. Factor five, not only did they do the Amiga version, but they also did the Atari ST version. And they released it so that you could play either version on the same disc. Like okay. they came up with a special because they were two different formats, but they were able to code it so that using the same disc, it would load on either either system. And Turkin was a huge deal on Commodore 64 and on Amiga because of the complex gameplay. And also the great music. The Commodore 64 version doesn't have as many tracks, but the ones that are there are really good. And then the Amiga one with the music by Chris Hulsbeck, I just played through Turrican just now. And what I did was I, I earlier I had the Amiga music in the background. And having that music in the <laughs> background made it a better experience by far. <laughs> Something about that music yeah i i it just so much better on the amiga i kind of forgot i know you sent me that link and i didn't click it but i was uh i was just doing a little research today just to freshen up and i, I watched a playthrough of the amiga version i'm like man that music awesome <laughs> so it was, uh, d- definitely wasn't that it wasn't that good on the genesis that's for sure no and and we should say so accolade accolade published the game i know i'm kind of jumping around yeah yeah and then uh Ra- rainbow art software was the developer rainbow like rainbow art software was the original develop yeah. was the original publisher i want to say the actual developer of the sega genesis version of this game is code monkeys and what they did was they converted the port of a port you know they took the amiga version as a base and ported that game over to the Sega Genesis and to the TurboGrafx-16 and also the Game Boy. So they had three different versions that they worked on. And so I get the feeling that they were probably a little rushed and that I think the people converting the music didn't quite have as great of a grasp on the sound chip as some other developers did, especially in Japan to be honest. I want to say they coded their own custom sound driver, but it sounds very tinny, is what I would say. And the other problem is that the speed of the game, they like the game's originally designed to be a f- game that runs at 50 hertz. So the game, the music's a little faster on the 60 hertz version, the gameplay's a little faster. And the music just sounds tinny. It almost sounds like a chipmunk <laughs> with the drums. <laughs> times where they're just really high-pitched drums and just really staccato the the melodies and music is still great but it's often it's a little too quiet and it just doesn't stand out like it should yeah because of the the quality of the instruments used and it's funny because i had been trying to tinker around uh i opened up the game in a hex editor 
and looked up some documentation on how to pull instruments out and try to replace them. And I was able to do a little bit of work to replace some of the music. Um, and so I, I was able to fix the bass and get a cool sounding bass in there. But it's it's very tricky <laughs> working on my hats off to anyone who's ever had to hack a ROM and a hex editor because finding the sound information is pretty much a nightmare. Like I can't find very specific parameters I need to find. Um, but it's fun. It's been fun goofing around in, in the hex and seeing what happens. Like if you if you insert or remove a line of uh, on the hex, uh, the game will refuse to boot. <laughs> so, unless you're an ASM hacker and you know how to expand a ROM, yeah, good, good luck. <laughs> so that's that's kind of where I left off because I felt like this port just had so much potential, and some some of it got squattered. I, I say there's there, there's more to say about the game, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I think we already mentioned when it came out. Developer and publisher. It's uh, 1991 for the Genesis. Yeah, for the Genesis it was 91. Right. So by this time, the Sega Genesis had been out for about, what, two years? Yeah. A little over two yeah. years in and, Japan. And then uh, looking at some of the credits, it, it credited J. Dave Rogers and Paul Kenny as musicians for the Genesis version. Yeah, which is, which is okay. They did a conversion. <laughs> What's weird is that they left out Chris Fuel's back, which I don't understand why, since it's all his music. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And uh, if you guys are looking for this game, uh, physical cartridge in 2019, the current cost is going for about $20.65 loose, and complete is $49.99. Wow. I actually got this game on Amazon uh, uh, with shipping. It was loose for $14.99. So oh, can, not bad. You can get it at that price range. Yeah, and I, I liked these boxes because they were different. They weren't clamshells. They were sort of a hard cardboard type thing, but not like the the later cheap Sega Genesis cardboard boxes. These ones, you had kind of... Um, it, was, it was pretty much like a, a rectangular box, and so you lift off the, the top part of it, and then almost like an old computer game you lift up the top part and then the game and the instructions would be inside yeah yeah like you know how how uh like nes games those boxes you'd open them from the top snes ones you'd open them from the side these ones there's break <laughs> well yeah for for the alkali alkali line it's or I, I don't know how else to describe it or like when you get like a new iphone or a new phone and the the box like you lift up part of it and that comes out you lift up from the top anyways they're they're pretty neat boxes cool yeah i've, I've actually uh can't remember which one i had it might have been hardball you had one right yeah, yeah you had an alkaline box yeah. so you know what i'm talking about yep so, i had a double dragon and i had i think the winter sports game cool very cool so yeah you can uh you can get that for a decent price, not not too expensive, not too uh, not too cheap. But uh, hey, real quick on the kind of overview of this game, if you wanted to get a quick summary, I always like giving these. But it says uh, 
three-headed demon Morgul has been influencing people's dreams to create nightmares. But more recently, these nightmares have become real. Only Turrican can save them in this fast-paced, side-scrolling shoot-'em-up. It features five worlds and 13 levels of challenging gameplay. Gameplay is conceptually simple, just jump, shoot, and explore. However, this game puts a lot of emphasis on finding and using the 10 different weapons Turrican can, can collect. That was a mouthful. Turrican can collect. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think the, the big part there is, yeah, it's a run and gun game. Um, but like you mentioned, Aaron, and Aaron actually sent me like a real cool map. Um, there's a little bit of exploring going on. You can kind of, you can start to level and you can go left. You think you just need to go right, but you can actually head the other direction. Oh, yeah. And find things that way. Um, a lot of one-ups you need to find and... Uh, I don't know a lot of exploring like I, I honestly this is kind of embarrassing I didn't realize you could turn into a saw into like the third level <laughs> I was just like oops hey look I'm a saw I didn't realize you could use mines until <laughs> like a couple weeks ago like I saw the icon I'm like how do you use mines in this game oh yeah and even like the whip attack like where you hold down the uh, A button like when you're shooting you hold it down yeah and you, that's so it critical it in this game it, it turns like, like the Castlevania Simon Belmont whip uh, where you, you can't actually yes. move your character, but you can move the whip around, and uh, yeah, there, there's there's areas of the well, you know, I, I'll be honest, I only only got through a couple of levels, but uh, um, there's there's areas in those few levels where that's, that's the most necessary to get through when there's a ton of enemies coming at you, you just kind of start hitting them with that. So I mean, that, that, that there's a lot of um, a manual would have probably helped out a lot more for me to actually uh, figure this junk out because I don't I, understand how the the different weapons work. Yeah, yeah, I just kind of assumed it was a run and gun game, and. Uh, we, we, we covered a game, I don't want to say it's too similar like this, but we uh, Rob and I covered a game a long time ago called Target Earth. Um, it kind of oh, yeah. had that feel to it. Um, not Target Earth was a little bit slower, I think. And, uh, oh, you mean where you're kind of like in an armored... Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's why I, I, Thank I, you. Yeah. I remember that. But um, yeah, Target Earth was almost like a smaller version of a mech game, but I don't know, something about the... If you if you look at um, I had to pull up some screenshots to make sure I was saying the right thing, but if you look at the bottom of like the Target Earth... Uh, uh, screen and same thing with Turk and you have like your health meters down there your different weapons and uh, to, to me when I first play games like that it's a little intimidating I'm like I just want to run and shoot I don't want to know oh yeah there's 20 and different weapons you can do that but you will get annihilated yeah yeah and that's exactly what happened game. to me not, like even if you cause like you can you'll find boxes hidden around and you can destroy them with your your lightning whip and <laughs> a bunch of power-ups will, will spew out and you can get like spread shot which is great but even then and it's not as powerful as using one of those like grenades or smart bombs whatever you want to call them that are yeah. screen clearing which are critical in the late game where it's like there are some enemies that are just so painfully hard to, to shoot with your little <laughs> pea shooter like when you you die it gives you you really have to like learn this game like when you die or when when you start out you get three of everything right so you get three grenades you get three firewalls that sort of shoot out every like to the left and right of you but they're not as quite quite as powerful as those smart bombs but every time you die you get three more so take advantage of it yeah Collect yeah any one-ups as you can and I would say use those smart bombs as much as you can because <laughs> you're going to be losing them you can collect a whole bunch of them by finding hidden power-ups which is cool but yeah you'll need them the mines though they're supposed to destroy enemies along the ground 
But this last playthrough of the game where I beat it legit, I didn't <laughs> use a single mine. And part of the problem is the way this game was originally designed on the Commodore 64, it was a computer game. So they mapped buttons. like So you'd have a, uh, a keyboard button for the mine, and you'd have a keyboard button for your... For, uh, I want to say your firewall and one for your your grenade and then fire button you could hold it to do your lightning whip but the problem is this was when the Sega Genesis had a three button controller yeah so they sort of had to make do with okay well we're gonna let you use the C button what I think they should have done was whenever you crouch and use the C button. Maybe then that would have put down a mine, but that's not the way it works. <laughs> yeah, and, and at least no. The way I think it works is you have to like sort of do some weird like I had to like duck twice and then do it, and then it finally laid down a mine for me. Yeah, and it t- takes me a while to get used to to different type of running guns because I'm I'm I play Contra so much on the Nintendo and Super C. Um, I, I just there, there's like a twitch to that game when I play. Like I'm, I'm very, oh, yeah. I'm very precise. But when there's I, a very specific patterns to that game that are not. The, there are patterns to this game, but not in the same way Contra has patterns. No, and and when I'm not able to shoot like diagonal up and and shoot up at all, like I just it, it messes with me because so I'll, I'll I like to just run and go and and, and Turrican you you're not really able to shoot diagonal up and the thing. So you're you're constantly depending on your jump. And if you jump too far right to the right, you're just jumping in all kinds of enemies. So you got to be a little bit more careful from that sense. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a little more careful. You've got a timer for yeah, God knows why. <laughs> You've got a timer in this game where you can go and explore. So there's a risk versus reward. Like, yeah. oh, do I want to go explore? I would say about 99% of the time, go explore. Go check out a map. You want to get the extra lives. Because yeah. a lot of times you'll get three or four or five at a time. And you'll need them. I needed almost every single. Like, <laughs> I finished the game with one life left. And that was after collecting like 20 yeah, yeah. <laughs> extra lives. I needed them. This isn't a game <laughs> I've noticed where you can. There's. N- it's simply impossible to beat this game without getting hit. It's oh, not yeah, possible. Yeah, good grief. And, you know, and, that, and that... it has some of the enemy AI is a little erratic. And the the patterns of the enemies, and then the way they ported this game over, a few of the bosses. So you remember in Contra how there was like the boss on the snow level, who would kind of go left across the screen and then run into you if you didn't destroy him in time. Yeah, and throw throw a disc at you. Yep, yep. <laughs> There's some really cool bosses in this game. I love the boss designs. The big, um, the big fist, one of the first ones. The I big remember. giant fist in the first <laughs> level was great, and on Commodore 64 that was like that blew people's minds and it's still cool to look at here the boss designs in this game are cool but they're not the most well designed bosses and they were a little better on Amiga the problem here is that the ones that travel across the ground well especially I will say there's there's just no way to dodge some of these guys and at first you can you can morph into a, your spike ball and you can roll along the bottom of the screen and you're invulnerable. But later on, 
bosses in in levels four and five, uh, you take damage when you're in your spike ball. <laughs> and the problem on a few of these bosses is that they just go across the screen all the way, and there's no way to dodge them. Their hitbox is just too large, and the space they take up, there's no way to dodge them, and so you're going to lose a life, and so you're just trying to take them out with your smart bombs as, as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, so. the, the, there was a few part of the, parts of the game that I, I mean, I was like, I, I can't remember, I think it's the second or third stage, but I was fighting these things, uh, the guns coming out of a wall, and they would shoot these big like cannonballs at you, and there was always one that was real low, and I'm like, I can't get through this, and that, that that's when I finally figured out, oh, the saw. So did you... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. The saw comes in handy. Did, did you get to a different area? Because, like, I know you were in the outside area. Did you? Beat yeah. The, the yeah. So I outside area. J- okay. Just just today. Just today, I finally got in indoors where it was kind of a little bit more of a maze trying to get through things. Yeah, so, a little could, more subdued could, music. Yeah. I, I literally typed a note. The backgrounds in this game are getting repetitive. Everything's blue. I really don't like the uh, environment. I was typing that note, and then I started playing. I'm like, oh, finally. I went I went underground a little bit. <laughs> Got into some other... Uh... Yeah, and, 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 and again, this is one of those things where it's like you can sort of detect its 8-bit origins. But it was almost like, you know, this should have just had a ground-up yeah. remake on the Sega Genesis instead of sort of let's just take exactly what was on on the Amiga hardware, which the Sega Genesis can do better, you know? Yeah, for real. And then do the exact same thing, and it shows, that level of effort kind of shows, like, this looks like a later generation 8-bit game, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even then, like, even then, you notice a lack of, yeah, lack of backgrounds, and, and they fix that later on, but in the first level, it's like, this is awfully just like one shade of blue. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool that the blue changes when you go underground. I thought that was neat. But it's just like, there's so much blue. There's no clouds. Even Super Mario Brothers had clouds. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's what I was, I was feeling like. But I was like, okay, I, I understand. When this was on the Commodore 64, having this much stuff going on on the screen and having it run at this fast of a clip was super impressive for yeah. a machine that is much less powerful than a Sega Genesis. Yeah, and I get that. And I'll have to say, I, I, I did put a, a, a real nice comment about the graphics. Whenever Turkins is running, it's really neat how his arms are kind of moving kind of left to right, um, and his gun, they actually did enough detail into the uh, into the art that the gun will change shades of gray, where it looks like it's kind of shining and coming out. It was like a 3D effect. I thought oh, that, yeah. I thought that was real clever because you don't see that a lot, and and especially that time frame like we're talking about. I thought that I thought the way they did that, I'm like, okay, okay, that they took some care yeah, into so that. Yeah, the sprite sticks out, and 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 there are different parts of the game where you're just like, oh yeah, this is a like this boss design yeah. is amazing, and it looks really cool and almost like something out of Alien, like an HR Geiger influence type deal. And there there is you know one level where you're exploring like a it's almost like a giant, um, like a body almost, where it's it's got like all sorts of spikes and spiny things, and you know it's it's very alien. Yeah. And I I thought that was cool, and it's a, and it's a place where you can use your 
morph your spiky morph ball. <laughs> you can use <laughs> your spiky morph ball. You can morph into it a bit more, and it's got a lot more diagonal slopes. So <laughs> I I appreciate that, and I, and I appreciate too that there there is there are two shoot 'em ups like vertical shooter stages to sort of break things up. What I think could have been better there is the fact that if you're gonna make it vertical. I almost feel like it should have. You should have allowed the character to shoot up. Yes, yes, that was... <laughs> would have made a lot more sense. Yep. But they fixed that in the second game. The only problem is when they ported it to the Sega Genesis, they took those levels out <laughs> and they called it Universal Soldier and they added weird sprites. They called it Universal Soldier. Yep. <laughs> that was that was accolades fault yep yep that was all out <laughs> apparently code monkeys was all set to do turrican 2 they had it halfway done or so and that's when they got the call from accolade saying hey we're gonna turn this into a movie property game <laughs> so weird but back to this game yeah there there are pluses and minuses where you can you can see where there was some real thought put into it and other things where you're just like oh man this could have gone better like and, and I can see why it's still super highly regarded on Commodore 64 and Amiga like the one advantage the Sega Genesis version has over those ones is the fact that you can use a button to jump <laughs> that's <laughs> the one advantage yeah but and, and is, there a, is there a way to turn off the up button to jump because that that, no. that really that messed with me that was frustrating to me yeah really frustrating just, it's like I don't I don't need to use up to jump no. I don't know why they put it this in is, the game this is not a fighting game don't, <laughs> you know, I don't, don't need it yeah but that was a holdover from the micro uh, micro computer era yeah where most controllers were one button and so you had to make the most of yeah, it yeah yeah I, 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 get, I get that I get that but I don't get why they. It just felt like a rush port job where it was yeah. like just disable really it. Thinking, <laughs> yeah, just disable it, and and maybe there's some way that I could hack the code and just make it <laughs> make up do nothing. Sounds like you fun know? to me. And I, I um, not that it was awful, but every now and then I would hit it on accident. Like crap, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's times where it's like I would come up from the ball. I would hit up and like I don't want to. A jump i just want to get out of the ball <laughs> so it happens but i i did like the sprawling levels and that it all, always seemed like there were more secrets to find and i'd get used to a level and i'd know where to go look to find those those secrets and there was kind of a satisfying sense to see like 50 million power-ups yeah. and things fly out of the box <laughs> or just like find a spot where it's like oh i've got a whole bunch of one-ups to go collect it's yeah. great well, and and it's funny because it was the same frustration I used to always feel with um, uh, Contra when I had the spreader power up. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm feeling it now. And then I accidentally pick up the laser power up. I'm like, crap, no. <laughs> uh, this, this one has it even worse because yeah. there are only two main power ups to your weapon, which they fix in Turrican too. But in this one, I'm like, I would rather just have the spread shot the entire game. Yes. And while you're at it, give me like a rapid fire but I understand why there's no there's this very specific reason why there's no rapid fire in this game and that's more to do with what button your whips map to yeah 
It's because your whip's mapped to your fire button. So that makes sense to me. Yep. But I feel like some of these enemies were just so overpowered compared to your character that I, I constantly felt weak unless I was spamming um, a, a grenade um, or using the whip. Like the game forces you to use w the whip in, in places like when there's turrets or these little Goomba looking type dudes, <laughs> you know, rolling yeah. along the ground. <laughs> And it just, when they ported this game over, your health bar depletes four times as fast as the Amiga version, which seems like a huge oversight to me. So it makes the game very hard to complete because yeah. you're constantly dying. And so collecting one-ups is like paramount to you completing the game. Yeah, and, and you, you kind of mentioned something about enemies being overpowered, and I think my biggest gripe about this game is is I don't feel a feedback when I'm getting hit. Like, and what I mean by that, I know we don't... We, it's just a power bar dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no rumble. You know, games back here don't have rumble, so when you play beat-em-up games and, and you're getting hit, you know, your character freezes, or if you're actually hitting someone, you can you can see it on the screen and hear sound effects that give you that feedback but like when you're getting hit on this game there's no feedback it's just you look down and go oh crap i just lost half my health like I've, I've, i felt that many times when i thought i was doing good and all of a sudden I'm like yeah I'm, I'm ducking something i thought i was ducking but i'm actually getting hit or i'm standing on a spike on on some platform that hey i'm okay and then all of a sudden i'm like crap all my health's gone like it just it kept happening and happening and that that was probably my biggest gripe about this game is that there's zero feedback when i was getting damaged yeah like the sound effects are are, are fairly solid and there's a nice sound to the the firing, but and, and they use actual samples for that. But yeah, there should be some sort of feedback, or there should be some knockback effect. Honestly, yeah. no. I'm glad there's <laughs> no, not no, a no knockback, knockback effect. No Castlevania no knockback. knockback effect. But <laughs> give. So, so what happens is, any enemy in this game, from the easiest enemy to the hardest enemy, have this same effect on your life bar. It's just that some enemies take longer to kill than others, but they can all kill you the same exact way. So it's not like Contra. Contra's one hit kills, everything can kill you, okay. But in this one, it's like you might as well be on a life system because <laughs> the enemies drain your life bar and there's spike hazards and stuff. I'm glad it's not one hit kills, but it almost feels like it mostly is. <laughs> like you're lucky if... if uh, a, a, a simple bat doesn't just drain your your life bar. I will say it's nice though that you know if you're near dead, you can pick up the a P, which will restore your power, uh, which is good. And and there is invulnerability, which helps a lot because you can just go mow down enemies yeah. and run into them. Appreciate that. Yeah, that part. Was so <laughs> yeah, I, I like doing that, and I like being able to morph into a ball and just like run over run over dudes and yeah. shoot them which is like much being able to shoot in the morph ball is yeah, actually pretty cool which is actually much more than what you can do like in a metroid ball of just land you know putting bombs down or mines down and jumping with it so it was kind of a little bit more satisfying <laughs> than a metroid ball yeah so i i thought that was cool and the, and the places where you can actually use that that ball are are helpful and you can you can stay in a ball as long as there's what you can't do is you can't jump as the ball but 
you can stay in the ball as long as you want. Well, and, and I felt like once I finally got down into the uh, other style of the stages where you're kind of underground, I, I moved a lot better in that ball um, in, in those areas. Yeah. Like I just felt like I was... Yeah, because there's places where you can run into. Yeah. yeah and yeah. kind of clear out areas. Yeah, like I... I but there, there are like... Um, I One thing that was interesting is when you die, the enemies actually despawn. All the power-ups, all the enemies, anything that you were about to collect, if there was one up on the screen, it disappears. <laughs> if there was a box on the screen that you were going to destroy for power-ups, it's gone. If there were enemies that were killing you, they're all gone. Yeah. Like everything despawns, which can be handy if it's a particularly hard area. But yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. There, it stinks. Yep. It stinks when you knock a power up, and you know you see it, and all of a sudden you got some enemies, and you start shooting them, and that power up just slowly starts floating up in the air, and you can't jump up and get it. <laughs> that was that kind of drove me nuts a little bit. I feel like most enemies in this game game should have had one hit kills that's yeah, what i feel like yeah and then gradually introduce enemies that have two hits or three hits not like it feels like a lot of them have like four five hits <laughs> that's true and i'm just like oh man really really <laughs> so you really need that spread shot or you need the 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 other pulse cannon or whatever it is to to nail them down but yeah, there, there's varied, you know, the levels are huge, varied environments. Um, the, the game is technically only five stages, but they're very large stages. Yeah. Like, if you look at the maps, they're big levels. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly didn't look at the maps as I was playing it, but I did kind of take a glance, especially the first few stages, because I was like, where, where's all this stuff? So I kind of looked over that. And... Oh, there's like I like that you can get a hidden one up on the first area yeah, just yeah. by walking just off to the go, left. Go left. <laughs> and then there's there's all sorts of like rockets set up because it's just supposed to be like kind of a an alien world that I don't know if they're humans or whatever, but they they've like cultivated basically. And then this Morgul creature went crazy and destroyed everybody. <laughs> so. There, there are. There's all sorts of terraforming equipment, which I think is what the first boss is. But there's a rocket ship that you can jump off of in the first level, and I thought this was cool. You jump off off it, and you jump to the left far enough, and then you'll land on a platform, and you can keep jumping on more platforms. And this is where the game kind of reminds me. It took some influence from like Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 3 where there there's secrets to find and especially like Super Mario 3 where like you would find like hidden blocks in the sky <laughs> that's how this one went like you, you you move over and then you find some other platforms and, and then suddenly you're like oh wow I just found six one-ups <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are actually seven one-ups Right, just from finding that. Yeah, it's like it's like what other it, what other game gives you that many one ups at the same time? <laughs> it's kind of an indication that the game knows that you're gonna die a bit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we didn't talk about this, but I was gonna say because because yeah, what you're getting ready to go into, I'm sure I uh, I, when I first got the cartridge, I popped it in, I started the game, and I was done in like uh, a minute and a half. <laughs> Like this game is too flipping hard. Like I even told you that I was like, Aaron, this game is just miserable. And then you, uh, 
You happen to send me a real nice uh, ROM hack of a uh, I did better health bar, right? <laughs> yeah, it restores the and it makes it beatable for like people who aren't masochists like me and just keep playing it <laughs> yeah. until they they figure out where all the one ups are. Um, so yeah, the first time I beat this game was using that life bar hack, which I highly recommend if you're playing this um, via emulation. Go play that version because it, it'll it fix some of the issues with that life bar so you can actually take some damage from enemies and be, be okay. Um, the other thing I was going to mention too was, I don't know, did you know where this game took influence of? It, so it's like Metroid, right? Mm -hmm. But apparently it also takes influence from this somewhat obscure arcade game from Daddy East called Psychonics Oscar or just Oscar. And you can tell if you go look at the game, because it's a dude in a mech suit, and he gets power-ups, and he wanders around the stage, but the power-up system in that game is a lot closer to Gradius. Okay. Where you get power-ups, and it sort of moves through a progression thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you see it, it I, I can see the, the similarity in the games. But this one gives you more of that open exploration feel, a little bit, a little bit like Metroid, but no... No real backtracking because you're not going back to different exactly, areas really. Exactly. So it's it's an interesting combination, and it was pretty unique for the time. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I, I felt like the controls were pretty pretty good. At uh, even the jumping, like um, I was, I was, at, at first I didn't like the jumping mechanics. I'll be honest. You kind of float a little bit, and uh, it was kind of hard. And, there's a few areas in the first few stages where you're just kind of blind jumping on the platform, especially in those oh, water, yeah. waterfall areas. But um, the more I got used to it, the more I was okay with the with the, with the uh, controls and the, yeah, the you, physics you get of the used jump. To it and, and then random crap falling out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> you have to bust out your laser whip or yeah, just kind of yeah. uh, and a ball until it subsides. And the, oh, yeah. the second stage had some cool lightning effects that could that looked really cool, but then could also kill you. <laughs> you got that yes. to deal with. <laughs> But um. But hey, that's another that's another place where there were hidden one ups in yeah. a cave. If you knew where to look, and um, what was I gonna say? There was something interesting, and it just left my brain. <laughs> oh, okay. So the gems. There we go. Genesis gems. gems. So you collect gems in this game, which yeah. is what you collected in Great Gianna Sisters, <laughs> and what they give you in this game is more. Continues, and I think it's you collect 250 of them, and you get an extra continue. Whereas, I kind of wish you collect 100 gems, you get an extra life. Like, I would almost rather, even though a continue, yeah, since you get like three continues, you technically get three lives each continue. I think I would have liked to get more lives from collecting enough gems but that's okay what i found myself doing is after a while i was like i'm not gonna go out of my way because there's areas of the level in later levels where there's these branching paths that have a ton more gems and i'm like i've got five continues i don't need anymore <laughs> okay game there's no one-ups over here just give me some more lives i know what you're trying <laughs> to do just yeah. give me some more lives yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm definitely with you. Just like there are some, 
some hazards in the game and and tight corners like when you get to stage three and it just gets so tricky and there's so many little enemies in in tight spaces that can just destroy you that yeah you just got to be like super careful you got to use your whip a lot anytime i if i was uh respawning i would just use my bomb (laughs) you know (laughs) you use those bombs grenades whatever you want to call them they were so helpful and they're like the only reason i could beat some of those because like there's these there's all sorts of um not only enemies but like there's these metallic bouncing balls there's i think my least favorite enemy in the game are the spiders because (laughs) they're hard to kill there's also like these dudes later on by level five that can just fire out a bunch of projectiles at you yeah and just ruin your day (laughs) yeah no doubt and it was almost overwhelming at first because, like I mentioned, when I popped the cartridge in, I was like, "This is impossible." But once once you figure out like the the, the whip uh, power up and some of those other ones, like we've been talking about, it gets a little better <laughs> as you get through. But uh, I'll be yeah, honest, like I still died. I beat the game here. You know, now I've beaten the game three times. I beat it what with the hack, and then I beat it with save states on normal. You know, uh, on my Sega Genesis with the EverDrive, and then I played it again, beat it with out save states but oh man i still died (laughs) yeah about it i still died i I, I had a little better idea of of where i should be going i used a whole bunch of save states just to get to that little bit of the second area that i that i got to so it's definitely not even with that rom hack i mean it's still difficult to to get through a lot of save states yeah it can it can still be difficult and then the second one the second area is a little bit of the breather from like the really wide open it's a little more confined claustrophobic almost yeah and and there's some there's some really cool like variations because when you first go into the second area you're kind of falling down a big a big area kind of like uh always made me it it reminded me of like battle toads Uh, you're not hanging from a rope or anything but you kind of had that then there's other parts where you're kind of like using a jet back to go up and um, so that there, there's some interesting diversity in, in and the, the whole the worlds are kind of interconnected. Yeah, and, and yeah. you can look at the map maps of the game, but it's kind of yeah, kind of like uh, almost like a Ghosts and Goblins, where you can tell yeah, yeah. each area for Goals and Ghosts each area is is sort of connected with the other one somehow. Yeah, that's a good good comparison. And, <laughs> and this one especially because you start out in like kind of a airfield type stage and then by the end of it you're climbing a tower and you can tell it's it's on the same world you, you've kind of gone underground you've gone into like this watery machine I don't know this uh, <laughs> uh, factory area and then you go into like this area with a bunch of bones <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's there's variety yeah, absolutely. So, what else do I got here? Oh, this was funny. Yeah, um, that's really random. Um, I don't know why I thought about this, but my my kid was uh, reading a book today, and he asked me. Real strange, he keeps asking me this. He's like, "Can I have a bookmark?" 
And I, I finally just had to tell him, I'm like, listen, buddy, my name's not Mark, and you already have a book in your hand. So... <laughs> I was like halfway down my notes. I forgot about the joke. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, where's Nick? Has no jokes. <laughs> no jokes. No jokes. <laughs> I think the joke is Nick's playing ability in this game. Oh. Oh. No. Burn. <laughs> I know it's a. I know it's a tough game. It I was. mean, you're a guy who can like beat Contra without dying. Yeah. But this game, like, it's brutal. Yeah, it is. It is. And then, I, I, the Contra thing is just because I've been playing it for 30-something years. You know? It was about, about 30 years. Yeah. Like, I started playing when I was four or five years old. So. Oh, and there's people who, like, especially in Europe that grew up with this game and they know every secret yeah, area. Yeah. And so... When it's the only game I you have, I mean... Right, just, even they would I think struggle with this version of the game where it's just unfairly difficult in parts just because of the the life bar drain yeah yeah crazy man so is there any part of this game I, I tell you what I, I think you could you could probably wrap it up with your experience yeah. of, of beating of beating the game I didn't get that far of course so I would love to hear your uh, your uh, take on the end of the game you know how you got the... oh yeah I think the it's it, I think it's cool you you ascend this tower and it's it was the game does have some like maze like structures you have to navigate and the last level is no different you ascend this tower but it's not like straight forward you don't just like climb it it, it does remind me a little bit of having to jump on the different platforms like when you're escaping uh Zebus in Metroid yeah. and you just destroyed Mother Brain like it reminds me of that a little bit with the jumping from platform to platform but there's all sorts of turrets and unique enemies on that level and then um, the the last boss was pretty interesting he's like a three-faced creature um, and I had it took me I don't think there's any way to really beat him and without dying <laughs> and just using as many of your bombs as possible but what's cool is, is you beat him you go into another room you jump onto a jet plane and you get the heck out of there <laughs> and there's like a really cool painting or, or there's a cool art image uh, hand drawn image that shows when you beat the game the problem I have is there is a ending scroll of text that's supposed to show up in the game that doesn't show up in this version. <laughs> the game literally ends and gives you your high score instead of like in the other versions of the game where like um, Manfred Trans actually you know congratulates you on beating the game. <laughs> So I'm trying to see if I can find it. Yeah, and then like there's like a staff roll, and there's no staff roll on this one, which is just kind of weird. That's weird. Yeah. Huh. So there's just like little things where I feel like, oh man, they they cut some corners a little bit. Yeah. Wasn't as as exciting rolling the credits because <laughs> there's none to roll. <laughs> no, there was nothing to roll. It was like. <laughs> It showed me that, and then the game just went, oh, okay, you're done. Bye-bye. <laughs> gives you your high score. 
Which cool. High score table. All right. But I kind of wanted some sort of wrap up of the game. Uh, Let me yeah. see if I can find the. I can tell you the, the end scroll real quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to scroll through the video so I can find it because it was cool. But oh, yeah, to de describe Morgul, it, it's very H.R. Geiger inspired where it's. You know, it's got like one almost alien face, human face, the mechanical face. Yeah. Uh, um, so it was it was cool. Cool. But okay, so jumping over here to the ending. I'm waiting for the text to scroll so I can tell you what's going on. <laughs> yes. Oh, here we go. It says, "Congratulations! You have liberated this world from the darkness." light will now return and everywhere life will come back over the shadows of the past. This world was saved, but there are lots of others which need someone like you to fight against the evil. Some of us will win. Some of us will lose. Some of us will just learn to play the blues. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> this strong will survive. Some of us will fall, but if we don't stop the darkness together this time, there will be no hope. Evil never wins if we believe in us. Oh, <laughs> but now the warrior needs to rest. <laughs> Tough time. So that was cool. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I was like, why didn't they? Why did they take that out? That is cool. <laughs> they probably thought they, you know, they they probably thought no one's gonna beat this game. So why 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 should we even waste our time? That's what happened. <laughs> They hired. They hired a game tester. I don't know if they were asleep at the switch or what. It always surprises me when a game has game testers. And I was like, "Were we playing the same game? How did you beat this game?" <laughs> but I think the the prevailing philosophy at the time was, if we don't make it hard enough, then no one will keep playing it, and they'll just think it's too easy, and they'll beat it as like a weekend rental, and then they'll. You know, say I'm done, <laughs> or they'll beat it and they want to return it to the store. I mean, I'm gonna make it possible. I, honestly, there are so many games like that I rented. If if I would have rented Turrican at at that state and I had it, I would have played it for five minutes. But like, nope, on to whatever other game I just rented. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and it's crazy because I I wouldn't have blamed you, and yeah. that's why like, I don't really remember playing much of it out side of the first level but I remember some of like I remember looking at the seeing some of the later areas or seeing one of my siblings play it and I thought it was cool but just so so hard <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah I don't have much else to say about the game itself unless you do um, if not we can move on to the next uh, no I, I'm definitely looking forward to covering more of the series yeah. though because they're the ones I've played actually <laughs> on the system and yep. Super Turrican and Super Nintendo is actually really solid yep. uh, and Mega. even this game if you can track down the Amiga version check it out sure alright sounds good so uh, with that let's go on to the next section which is the retrofitted achievements The 
So I've only got two. I don't know how many you have. Um, I'm gonna have to like make one up on the spot. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I guess I'll go with number first. Um, my first one I called a uh, a fist bump, and that's uh, beating the fist on the beginning of that stage two. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is uh, the bone saw is ready, <laughs> Spider Man, <laughs> and that's. <laughs> yes, and that's morphing into the. Uh, I think they called it a, a saw or a bone. I thought they called it a bone saw. They call bone it something saw. like that. That's cool. But it's yeah, it t- turning into the the spiked morphing ball <laughs> thing and uh, mowing down some enemies. Yeah, my uh, my 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 final one is also about the saw. Uh, I called this one. I saw the light, and that's because I finally figured out how to use the saw. <laughs> get it get it I saw the light get it <laughs> nice uh, nice <laughs> Typ- nice typical dad joke oh uh, yes I told my I told my oldest son my favorite one of my favorite dad jokes the other day I said uh, I said did you know where the you, did you know the first french fries weren't actually cooked in France yeah they were cooked in Greece <laughs> oh. <laughs> why am I laughing I must be tired from laughing at your jokes you gotta love them so much yeah. fun so much fun so uh, my next achievement is uh, is also a Chris Elliott show which is get a life <laughs> <laughs> get over 20 extra one ups cool all in one big shot right <laughs> there you go cool alright well I think we can go on to the big part of the show where we answer the question yes is Turkin a Genesis Gym? Is this game a Genesis Gym? Is it good or is it garbage? All right. Not quite. Not quite, huh? <laughs> well, the Moby Rank. The Moby Rank gives it a 60 out of 100. And one of the uh, notable reviews I wrote on here comes from Mean Machines back in October of 1991. Uh, the headline here says, I was expecting this to be a beefed-up version of the Amiga original, but it's not. Instead, it's identical to the computer version, and that's where its problems lie. 18 months ago, Turrican looked a pretty swish computer game. But 18 months ago, it wasn't competing against Mega Drive platformer games like eSWAT, Spider-Man, and Sonic the Hedgehog. The gameplay is quite fun, but it's not evenly balanced. Once you've got over the difficult first stage, it becomes very easy and you can go miles competent platformer game players should be able to finish the game within a few sessions. <laughs> I don't know who this guy's talking about. Uh, the graphics and sound aren't particularly hot either, <laughs> with some gameplay tweaks and graphical improvements. Turrican could have been great. As it stands, it's just average. And then... Our... Wow, like he hit it on the head. Yeah, that was from 1991. <clears throat> yeah. So the listeners, uh, again, this is the last time we'll be posting a game on the uh, Genesis Gems Facebook group, so if you want to follow us in the future... Make sure to go to facebook.com slash group slash bitbrothers to answer these questions. But uh, the first one comes from Eddie Owen. Eddie says, it's a definite gem. Shame about the cardboard box. Prefer the clamshells on Sega. Uh, Craig Holland says, never heard of this game, but the anatomy on the box cover is making me cringe. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, Nick DeMarco says, this is supposed to be a family show, Stevens. And then I asked him if he had uh, if it was any good at Photoshop. <laughs> They didn't answer me. Uh, Stephanie McKeon says, A solid good, almost borderline garbage. I had a very European-style feel that I'm just uh, not into on many games. The follow-up I liked a lot more. Pretty safe to stay. Stay away from anything that said ballistic if you owned a Genesis back in the day. 
Michael Kelso says, I think that guy needs a good dose of, oh gosh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Doklex? That's what I, is that something I shouldn't say on the show? <laughs> I, feel really, I don't know what that is. I feel really ignorant now. D-U-L-C-O-L-A-X. We're going to go Google that. Is I'm, that I'm sure. Mike's personal prescription? What is this? Constipation relief. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Doklex. Like X-Lax? Yeah, okay. I don't think I've ever... Uh, so, Mike, you really know your stuff with that issue, so uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I've never had that problem. Anyways, uh, and then you posted a real cool picture of the Mega Drive art, so that was cool. Uh, Steven Patterson says, Turrican and Turrican 2 for Amiga Commodore 64 were huge here in the UK. It was a household name. Chris Vanderhoff says, never played it, but heard it was good. Too bad them two dudes in a tangent can't play them on them fan-dangled Nintendo systems. <laughs> Oh, and then I said, but, but there is a Turrican game on NES Super that Turrican. Manfred Trims actually completely coded himself. <laughs> coded it. He poured it over music. He did everything for that game. <laughs> and it's like, like a hodgepodge of the first two Turrican games. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then, then he accused you of not being on his side. He's like, you're supposed to help me burn them, not be on their side. <laughs> cool. All right, so Andrew Coed says, it's no Mega Turrican, but it's still a good game. It is pretty hard, though. Stay positive and love your life, Jimsters. Especially with this game. Yeah, yeah. Stay positive, <laughs> Stay please. positive, because I was cursing up the storm, <laughs> which I don't normally do. It was so, I, I was not cursing... All the other times I was playing in, until this time because I knew I was close to beating it. Yeah. Like, legit beating it. And that's when I was just like, when I get the stupid deaths, I'm like, I, no! <laughs> I, had a, I had a real... Stop talking! <laughs> Stop talking. I had a real bad attitude about it. I had a very Turrican attitude about it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Turrican cannot. Turrican cannot. <laughs> believe you right now. <laughs> Alright, Demi Max says, no experiences with it. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. And then the last one comes from James Wood Woodard. Bought it from KB Toys in Windsor Park Mall as a kid. It sucked, and I knew it, but I forced myself to play it anyways. I remember getting pretty far even though it was garbage. <laughs> that's just the that's just the cards we were dealt with as kids, man. <laughs> I remember uh I probably shared this on many other shows, but I got uh the Barton and the Space Mutants on Nintendo one year for my birthday because I loved The Simpsons as a kid. That was like the worst game in the world, but I I played oh, that game so much. Like I I, I can still pop it in and, and beat that first stage with no problem. But it it's was just it had its own miserable. weird lo- logic. Yeah, like everything in that game. Yep. So, anyways, uh, this is game of Jim. Um, <laughs> I almost rated this game garbage. I'm 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 too kind. I think. Uh, it, so so let, let me put it this way. If I just buy the cartridge and pop it in and play it for 10 minutes, I'm going to say it's garbage. But the more I tried it, the more I got into it, the more Aaron kind of talked to me about it, um, I was giving it a very, very, very low good. He was, like, literally backing into, like, the, I don't know, the the dumpster. He had his pickup truck, (laughs) and he was backing the game up. It was there. He was about to unload it, and then I was like, wait! No, there's redemption. There's redemption. There's There's redemption. There's redeemed qualities. Even more than Dark Castle. (laughs) It was also a port. 
so it's like it's like really 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 low on my good list so i'm gonna say it's just good really yeah and, and i will say it's just good uh i think the reviewer from um the publication that nick talked about was it mean machine yeah. um they hit it it's one of those games where it was pretty state of the art when it came out but it needed a reworking when they ported it over to the Sega Genesis and it didn't happen. It was already outdated because it came out after Sonic did. Yeah. After ESWAT, whatever else that had already come out by 91. So I think kids playing it didn't see what all the fuss was because it wasn't... There were games that just looked better. But in, tar- in terms of the g- gameplay, um, there wasn't quite an in- equivalent in the run and gun aspect on on the Genesis, it's it's unique enough gameplay. Once you get into it, you can you can have fun. Um, the problem is that we've mentioned things like your life bar depleting too fast because of this port. <laughs> Enemies taking they're being like bullet sponges, and you pretty much have to use your whip a lot, which is fine. But if if it's going to be a run and gun, you should be able to just mow down enemies a bit better, which they did fix that in later Turk and games where you get some pretty uh, uh, overpowered weapons that help with that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, just just some cheap cheap deaths, unavoidable deaths, where it's like you kind of see why the one-up system is the way it is, why there's so many one-ups. But the things I do like are I like the sense of exploration in the game. I like... I love the music. I just don't love it on this port. <laughs> like, compositions are still cool, but it's almost like someone coming up with like this great music, um, and it sounds like cool 80s synthesizer music, right? <laughs> like on a Yamaha DX7, and then someone going, okay, now we're going to play this on the cheapest Casio we can find. <laughs> And yeah, there we go. That's that's sort of what happened here. It's just like the not even um not even it's the music's just bad. Like it's the just bad. It the engine is just bad. It just makes everything <laughs> sound like barf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And once I played it with the Amiga tunes going I was having a like you will have an even better time like I almost wish that someone could do what they did with rock and roll racing which was I think someone ported it to the Sega CD somehow and they put in music hooks so that it would queue up Redbook audio (laughs) because you know on that game it used like these licensed rock tracks so if you could do something like that with Turrican, I think the reason no one's jumping on that is because you're still left with the gameplay issues. <laughs> right? So yeah, in summation, it's just good for me also. I do have some nostalgia. Uh, I think Tur- the Turrican series overall is really good, especially as you get later on in the games. And Turrican 2 is like the... Especially on Amiga, it's like one of the best games on the system. And the music's even better. So, 
you'll you'll find out what we think when I I'm gonna tell Nick right now to go play Universal Soldier and have him tell me what he thinks. I think you're, I think Nick you'll probably enjoy it a little more. But um, I'm pretty yeah, sure I have. Just, I've da- I think I've dabbled in that, but I don't know that it's you know I don't think it's been anything recent. Yeah, I think you'll just it's easier to jump into that one. That's what I feel like. Cool, cool. All right, so we have to rank this don't we we do and uh, I don't know if you have the website up because I just updated it because I forgot to do that last time <laughs> so uh, there should be 74 uh, items that we've ranked so far because oh, 74 yeah Toe Jam and Earl I forgot to update this the website than, yeah I'm looking through here um, I have an idea um, I have an idea too but yeah let me Tell me what your idea is. I'll tell you what my idea is. My idea is it's a little bit better than Jurassic Park, but I like Home Alone better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like it better than a few of the ones above that, but I can kind of see where you're coming from there. So, yeah. Just because it's not, like, a great port, they really didn't do the port, like, super good justice. Yeah, I'm fine with it being slotted. Um in between Home Alone and Jurassic Park. But I still like it more than Bubsy. Sorry, Bubsy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's... But hey, at least in Bubsy, you could look up and down. That's true, too. That's true, too. It has that. You notice that was another thing in this game. I was like, <laughs> I need the ability to know where I'm jumping. Yeah. I need to be able to look up, look down. Give me the ability to Helps look up. a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good solid... It, out of 74 games we're putting it in that 50 what is it uh, I've, I've got it as 60 so oh, like uh, home, home alone yeah, yeah yeah home alone's 59 turkin 60 drastic parks your new 61 followed by buzzy at 62 and then down the list so that's what we got it as guys so yeah we need to cover some garbage we do we do I do need to lay. What the, are we doing? I do need to lay the gavel down here, <laughs> that way we can. Uh, I can remember my timestamp and insert the gavel right here, bam, and call this game just good. So guys, yeah, uh, our next game I'm pretty excited about. I'm not going to announce it yet, but Aaron and I have been talking about possibly uh, getting a guest on the show and talking about uh, a pretty well-known game. Uh, we'll probably get some uh, <laughs> yes. big listens from this, so we're kind of excited. I didn't want to yeah. didn't want to play this one too early in the show's lifespan, but uh, pretty pumped. So we'll we'll hopefully come back in June sometime and hit that one pretty hard. But uh, yeah, um, good stuff. So yeah, please check us out on Bit Brothers. I'm trying to update the site now to where we have all the links on there for the Bit Brothers. But we are on Patreon at uh, Patreon.com/slash/BitBros. So check that out and uh, join the Facebook group, Facebook.com/slash/Group/slash/BitBrothers. That way you can keep up to date with all of our stuff, all the dude stuff, and all of our cross-collaboration stuff. Which, um, Aaron, I think I'm finally going to have to uh, cover, uh, we'll have to do this together, Night Trap. They just had it on sale on the Switch eShop. Oh, and nice. I bought it, uh, I think I bought it this morning. It's like $7. So I need to play that game. I've never actually played it. I've watched some of the scenes and laughed. So kind of excited to get into that. So maybe we'll do that one day. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I, I think it would be nice to cover some FMV stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, man. Well, that, I don't have anything else to add. I don't. I was trying to find clean jokes 
um, and failing with the subject matter I was coming up with. So, nope. No jokes. I'm going to do it. No jokes. <laughs> all right, guys. With that, we will catch you all later. Joke. Oh, here it is. Nick took a bath. Oh, I need one of those. Here's a dirty joke. Nick took a bath with bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> bubbles. No, no wait, that's another clean joke. Sorry. <laughs> you know where this one goes, though. Yep. <laughs> it goes in the garbage. <laughs> For the heck. All right, guys. We will catch you all later. See you guys.